Hello, Internet. Welcome back to the Fast Travel Lounge. You're listening to episode 23. My name is Patrick. I am joined by Seth, Steve, and Josh. That's right, gang's all here. Say hi, everyone. Hey, everyone. Hello. Hello. So, the three musketeers that you are, how have you been? Uh, Josh especially, taking what feels like yet another week off, but he's back now. Very, uh, very proud of that. Uh, where were you this time? We went through Clown College and the Underwater level, so what's what's next in this in this chapter that you call life? Did I did I also visit, visit Clown College, or was that just a Stephen thing? I thought it was uh, just me. I, I think Patrick doesn't care, so he's just getting us all confused. I yeah, mean, we're all the same I, to I, him. I, would would you not go to Clown College though? Like, you know, if it's on offer, you you're thinking, you know, I've got I've got a discount voucher for buy two lessons, get the get get the third one free. Might as well might as well use it. I mean, that that would be my way of thinking. Well, yeah, but I only got that because you know you referred me as a professor. <laughs> Chasing that class, Fair enough. It is it is very difficult to teach my to teach my specific technique for that little jet of water that comes out of the flower. Uh, turns out every other clown's been doing it wrong. Anyway, <laughs> um, I guess we have to ask the obligatory question: How has everyone's technology been this week? Pretty fine. Um, Pretty fine. My blinker in my car blew up. Does that count? No, uh, no, we don't care about that. Uh, uh, Steve, what about you? Uh, yeah, I, I'm replaced a blinker fluid in my car, so it's all good. Oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> Where do you find a blinker fluid? It's pretty rare to find. I've gone to like five different mechanics and asked, and I can never find it. You didn't no, try finding just... a left-handed screwdriver. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Well, to find the blinker fluid, all you've got to do is just like close your eyes and then reopen them really fast. Oh. <laughs> That's annoyingly clever. <laughs> no, that was good. Let it sink in. Let it blink in, if you would. Oh, and you've taken it too far. Even worse. Do you reckon I can Even blink faster worse. than Patrick's heart rate? <laughs> <laughs> thank you. You might that. need to cut that out. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for for outing me. Um, don't don't be alarmed. Your favorite fast travel lounge host uh might just have a slow heart, an athletic heart, if you will. Uh, I could go and climb Mount Everest and and not even know. Um. Anyway, there is a Steam sale this week, particularly for rogue games. Anyone picked anything up? Anyone seen anything interesting? No, I haven't. Have you? Uh, I saw Inscription for 30% off, which was annoying because I really want to Ooh. recommend that people go and play Inscription, but it's only 30% off. So I know that eventually that's going to be over the 50% and, you know, you're basically losing money if you buy something on Steam for less than 50% off. Am I right? It's true. Yeah, I've heard very good things about Inscription. Oh, yeah, it's, me too. It's, it's very good. It is very good. Is Actually, they have, the, um, they have Casey's mod as a as like an endless uh sort of end game type mod which i actually haven't played as much as i uh perhaps should have anyway uh that was the only interesting thing that i found um the rest i'm sure there's other good games in there but yeah that was the one that stuck out for me because i think i'm the only one of us that's played inscription is that would that be right uh yeah. i haven't so i'd assume so yeah well, it's a devolver game too Ooh. yeah everything's a devolver game these days that's true uh, I've, I've heard it does like uh, things like it rewrites some of your it doesn't uninstall itself or something, or it deletes itself, and then you have to redo uh, it. Or no something. comment. Oh, okay, that's spoiled. Okay, maybe that's I'm getting too far. No, nah, it's, it's, it's not actually spoiled. It it does. Um, uh, there there are story based elements that do uh mess with local files on your computer, and it's it's very fun and cleverly done. I I quite enjoyed how how it uh, approached that, how it did that. Uh, there I is, guess- however, a demo available if you wanted to recommend people play the demo. Why would I recommend people play the demo when they can just go pirate the full- Wait, sorry, Whoa, we're going to cut that out. Um, <laughs> it's okay no, to pirate know. as it's... long as you use it as a two-hour demo. <laughs> when there's a <laughs> demo available. The or yeah. finish the game, and if you like the game, then you can buy it. And then you'd be like, yeah, hey, cool, I've replayed it. How, okay, like, actual, actual talk. How many times have people heard that excuse, and they know the person that told them that has never bought the full game? I, I did it. <laughs> I did it for RCS and Metroid. I can't believe you played you... those on an emulator. 
No, you like forward. No, you forward did it. Like you bought the game and then emulated it. You didn't emulate the game and then buy it afterwards. You front loaded it. Metroid, I did the other way around. I pirated and then bought it. I don't know, man. What's the point of owning the Switch then? Do you even own a Switch or are you just own these bunch of games? <laughs> no, I own a Switch. It's all virtual. <laughs> it's just that the they run so m- It's a single player game so- and they run so much better on emulator, but at the same time, I want to support the mil- billion dollar company that is Nintendo. That's the true. They are, they are going through hard times, times right now. Yeah, they need my sale. Yeah. Specifically I mean, yours. They, they had to stoop as low as getting Chris Pratt to voice Mario, so they, they cannot be doing well at the moment. Well, don't forget past... Um how game sale tracks on which they'll uh, on if they'll release a sequel or if they'll even uh, continue the Metroid franchise and give us the trilogy of the Metroid Prime that they fucking promised us the last fucking ten years. Metroid Prime Four <laughs> is indeed real. I don't give a shit about Metroid Prime Four being real. I want one, two, and three back. I want <laughs> remakes. Man, I feel like such shit. I just want one, two, and three back. <laughs> don't tell me I can emulate them. I know I can't. I don't want to. Uh, it was this week that it's not in the news, so I'll mention it now. But M- Metroid Dread was the highest profiting uh, Metroid game as of this week. So I'd say they'd be making something more hey. soon. It'd be probably like the sequel would be probably called like Metroid Two Dread or something, or Metroid Dreading, Metroid the Dreadening. Metroid Two Dread Harder. It could it could Surely. just be a different subtitle because uh, Metroid Dread is just Metroid Five. And Metroid 4 was Metroid Fusion. Two Dread, Two Furious. Possible. Possible. Tokyo I doubt Drift. it, but possible. <laughs> Tokyo uh, Dread. <laughs> Tokyo Dread. There we go. Yeah, I'm, I'm back Tokyo on board. Dread's I'm back excellent. on board. Uh, Josh, did you have <laughs> an album? In the ball. Did you have an album this week that you wanted to talk about? Uh, I can do, <laughs> but I, I didn't know if we were actually going to do that. Are we, are we doing I, it? Or? Well, you're we're doing it now, big fella. We're doing it live. You, you, you slipped me the note before class saying, that was hey, like please let me ago. talk about this bit. <laughs> yeah, and okay, you haven't well, been here for three weeks when Patrick's been setting it, waiting to set you up this entire no, time. The, what do you mean? I've been saying here. that the past couple episodes. It's just been into the <laughs> void. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, okay, well, the first album I wanted to talk about, uh, or at least like just mention as like, a, hey, this really sort of like made waves. Um, I think everyone here likes the album. Uh, it would be Meteora by Linkin Park. Oh, fuck yeah, bass. I thought you were going to say, like, it was, like, a Katy Perry album or something. No, <laughs> no, no, no. no. So like, I wanted to just choose, like, a random, like, popular album that, even if I haven't listened to it, that we could sort of go through and be like, oh, cool, like, we could listen to this and then, you know, maybe discuss it next week or whatever, or just talk about the fact that it had cultural impact. And the first one I wanted to do was obviously one that was close to me, so it's, like, my favourite album of all time, so I had to start there. I just, I just want the listeners to know, here we are, May, May 12th, as of recording, 2022. Meteora is a banger. That might be controversial to some of you, but I'm glad Josh has finally got the courage to speak up about it. I've been saying this for years. That album <laughs> it's is like a 20 year old album. Yeah, yeah 19, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's yeah. old, but man, it's, it's good. It's, it's actually surprising that it's older than half the shit that you guys talk about for Around the Lounge in these episodes. <laughs> barely. Are you saying we talk about, about some pretty old shit on this show, too? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anyway, Meteora. So, um, yeah, give us, give us the, uh, give us the old, the old synopsis. What do you, what do you like about it? What's the, uh, what's the hook? Isn't well, this a video really game wanna... podcast? Yeah, it's a video game podcast. <laughs> or it's like a media podcast, I guess. But I, I didn't want to like go too far into the album. I just wanted to sort of drop an album and get everyone's like, I guess like maybe like an out of ten or something on it, and then we could talk about a new album. I and mean, if you haven't heard it, then that's fine. I just thought it'd be interesting to have like an, an album per week because 
you know, video games are a huge part of my life, but music probably even more so. So I thought it would just be like kind of fun in a, a couple of minute segment. So I mean, for me, it's obviously like a 10 because it's my favorite album. But what about you guys? 10. Easy 10. Uh, well, the first Linkin pa- uh, Park song that I ever heard was Numb, followed by Easier to Run, both of them from Meteora. So it has to be a 10 for me too. Ooh. Uh, sorry. You, it, it's, look, it pains me to say it, but at the same time, it fucking doesn't. It's not hybrid theory. Where's in the end? No in the end, no vibe. <laughs> hybrid theory also slaps. I will give you that. Uh, I mean, that's I mean that's it's true. two tens in a row. How, how can you go wrong with that? <laughs> it's true. I give would it, also give, give hybrid it, theory Give it the Pokemon treatment, though. It's a Linkin Park album. Come on. So it has to go <laughs> on the Linkin Park point. scale instead of a real music scale? Yeah. <laughs> the so Linkin Park nine. scale starts at eight. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a nine for Linkin Park and about like a three for pop culture. <laughs> but Damn. if you're playing Tony, if you're Tony, if you're playing Tony or Pro Skater Three, then it's possibly an eight. But what if you're listening? To, uh, what if you're watching Transformers by Michael Bay? I completely <laughs> forgot that he did that. Linkin Park did like every fucking song of the first like three movies. Did they really? I haven't seen any I, of them. I just remember um, what I've done was for the first one. Uh, I thought that was Div- New Divide. New Divide was number two. Was that number two? Damn. Yeah, they. I think they specifically wrote it for this, the fucking movie. Man, Damn. can we watch the, the best part of those movies? movies? Aren't they from the same album? Are they? Wait, which ones? What I've done on New Divide cannot be in the same album. They're I, definitely I not in the same that. album. What I've done is so much older than New Divide. Yeah, it is. Cool. Well, this has completely derailed what <laughs> I really little... didn't think it would go this way. <laughs> <laughs> what, yeah, so what little yeah, organization what we had. <laughs> yeah. What I've done was on the, the first album I ever bought, and that was Minutes to Midnight. And I bought that from Sam's yeah, Warehouse. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. I bought that from Sam's Warehouse for like $17. And my mum made such a big song and dance because like, technically it was her money. Um, <laughs> technically. But thanks for buying a mum. <laughs> Peace out. Love you. Good, but, good but, stuff. It, but if she dies, it's just your money, right? No, I'm getting a loan from the bank of mum and dad, so that'll be my money. <laughs> I have a very quick question, actually, on the back of that before you move on. What was everyone's oh, yeah. first album that they bought? 11 minutes. Yeah, let's just ask another quick question. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, like Stephen mentioned it. So what was everyone's first album that they bought? <laughs> uh, minutes to Midnight by Linkin Park. Hey, nice, nice. I think mine was All Nightmare Long. I don't even know what that is. By uh, Metallica. Oh, ew. <laughs> oh, no, here we go. Here's the Josh tape. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I no, I, I do have a Josh take on Metallica, and it's because my family was obsessed with them, so now I can't stand them. Sorry, oh, sorry, great. the album was called Death Magnetic. Death it's Magnetic. just It's just that um uh, All Nightmare Long was like the big song for it. What about, what about you, Patrick? Oh jeez. Uh, oh. Oh, oh that was cute. You guys soulmates? Uh <laughs> my my first I bought two at the same time. Whoa, saved up saved up a lot of dishwasher cleaning money. Uh walked into the store and I walked out with American Idiot by Green Day. And uh, whatever that crazy frog album was that had Axel yeah. F on it. Oh yeah. my god! Fuck, it was it was it. a different time. Oh my god! It was a it was a simpler time. Well, like it was it like part of it was to kind of cover my bases because I wasn't actually sure I'd be able to get an album called American Idiot past my parents who were not necessarily conservative but like fairly like you know any swear that comes up in a in 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 a song it's kind of like cool oh, that's the nice. <laughs> I have two answers uh, for mine. But Mine is either okay. so fresh. What do, what do you mean? Uh, either? How does that work? How do you? What? What? You like you? You? You bought one album and then you took it no, back no, and no. replaced it for another? No, no. So this, this is this is where it's confusing. So the first ever like quote unquote album that I bought was like a so fresh album from like two thousand and eight, oh. which is oh, like okay, technically a compilation. So I don't know if that counts. But if <laughs> we're talking about like, mixtape, 
You literally made the question, big fellow. I know. <laughs> These are your rules. I know. <laughs> the first like actual album by a band I think I ever bought was Scream Aim Fire by Bullet for My Valentine. Ooh, very good choice. Yeah, that, that would was been a good album. Like, yeah, good oh, choice. enough, you good. also bought me that album. Did I really? <laughs> yeah, you got it for me as a Christmas present once. <laughs> I probably loved oh. it enough that I was like, hell yeah. Uh, I think well, it was because I said one of my favorite songs from uh, Guitar Hero World Tour was a uh, Bullet for My Valentine song. Probably, and I was like, oh, here we go. I love this album. You'll like this album. My friend, uh, back in the day when I had a 45-minute bus ride to school, uh, my friend uh, shared his MP3 player, you know, pre-iPod, headphone with me, and played Four Words to Choke Upon by Bullet for My Valentine. Oh, banger. Yeah, choice. (laughs) Really, really just accelerated me into the cynical life is meaningless uh, phase of life (laughs) at the ripe old age of about nine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, anyway, thank you for that, Josh. Uh, yeah, fun segment. Um, kind of annoying that it took us yeah, 14 minutes into the intro. I think that might be the longest one we've ever done. That's okay. I forgive you. Um, and there was no I mention of Gucci Cream. Go into... Well, that's because no one said the tech broke. I'm well, sorry. Like I'm sorry. So you did, did, did your tech break? Josh just said his blinker fluid's out. Oh, you <laughs> said your blinker, blinker fluid's broke. out. <laughs> no, I said my blinker <laughs> fluid's flying. I did because try I- and get some um, PlayStation donuts while I was down at... When I was, um, well, I just you dunked yourself. But I went and bought some blinkers. Fortunately, that's by a competitor, so we can't talk about that legally. <laughs> no, no, no. So they were out of stock still. So they've, I don't think they've ever had them. So it's all just a scam. <laughs> Man, they're supposed to be giving away PS5s at that. They're probably not supporting other donuts because they don't even have PS5s at the Sony headquarters. <laughs> <Probably>. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I'm I'm just here. I'm just here trying to make a segue for the last like two minutes. But please, any, anyone else got a bit? Seth, you got a bit? You want to just you just want to throw in? Uh yeah, I'd like to take this moment to actually apologize to all our listeners for all the episodes <laughs> being so late. Uh, things have been <laughs> hectic for me, so uh, I still yeah, haven't actually finished last week's episode at the time of recording this one either. <laughs> I'll get it when they get it. <laughs> um, actually, on that um uh unironic bit because I I completely forgot about it until just now. Um. Uh, everyone let me just shill a short film that I haven't even, like, properly, like, done anything towards other than the pre-production. But, turns out we've got, uh, the, the Quentin Tarantino of, uh, of, of short film directors among us. Uh, Seth, you got I, nominated. I wasn't a director, I was just an animator on it. Go on, Mike, just roll with the bit. Fuck What's me. a famous, uh, animator? Uh, shit, I should know this. <laughs> now that you said you, it, you only work in the, the field. <laughs> Who is a famous animator, me, I guess. Seth, it's you. It's you, big fella. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I am the you famous the animator famous in my area. Yeah. Um, do Quick you, do answer, you give Brad us- Bird. Let's go with him. The uh- Yeah, fair enough. Walt fucking Disney. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh my God, of course. <laughs> I mean, he was in charge of the Incredibles. Legally, we can't talk about him either. He's not Krispy Kreme. Um, we're at 16 minutes. We're going to give us a 30 second synopsis of what you've been nominated for. Cause it actually is pretty impressive. Oh uh, yeah. So, um, uh, last year, uh, I was doing a uni course at UTS animal logic and, uh, we did a short film called apart and that made it into the Sydney film festival. So that's really exciting. Is, is there a way that people can vote for their favorite film slash voting for apart their new favorite film? Uh, I don't think there's actually any nomination stuff for that. It's just, that's like the world premiere sort of thing, and it's hard to get into the Sydney Film Festival. Well, uh, like, like honestly, good job. That's really cool. Uh, yeah, ironically, the good stuff, good stuff. It's a yeah, very good you. film as well, so you should watch it if you haven't. I really enjoyed it before I even knew it was Seth's, so that's saying something. How do, <laughs> how do I get? And then I knew it was Seth's, and I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> where can Thank I you, view Patrick. this? Where can I view this uh, piece of art? 
Uh, I'd, it, I'd just have to show it to you separately. Alright, so the pirate <laughs> Is bay. it on YouTube as well? No, it's not <laughs> on YouTube. It, oh. No. Yeah, no, it's, it's not out anywhere at the moment because the Sydney Film Festival is like the world premiere, the premiere. for it solo. Yeah. Yeah, Wait, so it's not even premiered yet, and it's like nominated far out, man. I mean, that that is how a lot of film festivals work. They'll try and like they, make yeah, they want the, the premiere, world premiere as part of it. Yeah, like either world premiere or country premiere or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, good job. We're now at seventeen and a half minutes. This is definitely the longest pre-round the lounge chat we've had. But here we are on a video game slash news podcast. We've talked about Meteora, a short animated film. Uh, no Krispy Kreme and. Headlight forward. It. Oh, yeah, and blinker fluid. <laughs> Gotta close Man. those eyes. Well, it was fun. 23 episodes. I think we, I think we really, you know... <laughs> really nailed did. the formula on this one. <laughs> yeah, really, really brought all we had to the floor. Anyway, um, thank you for that pre-round the lounge chat, and I guess we'll move into round the lounge 18 minutes in. God damn it. Uh, Josh, what have you been up to? I would say this week, but since you were last year. Um, I actually don't know what the last thing is I talked about. So I think I had mentioned That's that I was getting a PS5. Yeah, I know. It's been a while. So I think I mentioned that I was getting a PS5, but I hadn't had it yet. So I've now picked up said PS5 uh, and played it a fair bit. And I was like, oh, cool. I'm going to pick it up and I'm going to play Gran Turismo. And I played that for a couple of days and was like, oh, hey, this, this game's not as good as the other Gran Turismo. <laughs> um, and then I was like, okay, well... What, what, what haven't I played? Because I didn't have a PS3 and I didn't really have a PS4 for, for long at all. Um, so I decided to, to pick up the first Last of Us after hearing Steve Shillett. And uh, yeah, I played and finished that. So you can talk about that or otherwise I can recap the other stuff I've done. But basically, Gran Turismo, Last of Us, Last of Us 2. I played a little bit of FIFA 22 for the meme and a game called War Thunder on PC. All right, cool. Uh, Seth, what have you been up to? I watched Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, and that's about it. <laughs> All right. Uh, Steve? Um, I have finished The Last of Us Part 2. Uh, you lied to me, Pat. You said it was only an hour or t- an hour left, and I reckon it was about two and a half hours because I got stuck at one part. Well, that's how you <laughs> I got stuck, therefore it's, my, it's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Pat was like, oh, I don't know. You got between one minute and 59 minutes. I'm like, yeah, all right. And I sat down and I tried to play it. I'm like, hmm, I'm stuck at this part. But it's at the same just time, the epilogue, bro. Just just finish the game. Really not. <laughs> and then at the hard. same time, I was playing in the afternoon, and the sun was getting in, and so I couldn't really see a lot of things. Oh yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Is everyone's fault but really. yours? Yeah. Well, it's not my fault. I'm I'm an epic major league gamer, so um, <laughs> can't be me. Um, and, EPL. Also, and I've <laughs> get him out of here. Um, <laughs> and I've also um, this is the ukulele update. I'm on 69 tries of the, hey, the impossible nice. Um And if I do any more, um, I'm going to have a Joker moment. So I'm, I'm just putting that down for a bit. <laughs> Man, really a Joker moment? The one where you shot up the cinema or the one from the actual movies? All of the above, my friend. <laughs> um, Damn, not sure yeah, we can joke about that. Yeah, like they, they weren't lying when We're they said- We're going to get emails. It's an, <laughs> they weren't lying when they said it was an impossible lair. Let me just, let me just say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, what I, have you been up to that? Yeah, thank you for asking. I um, uh, played a bit more Elden Ring. Probably won't talk about that. We've talked about that enough. Uh, I actually played through a bunch of levels of Mini Motorways as something different. Might touch on that. We'll see how we go for time. Um, right, I guess first thing we should get into, 
feel like Last of Us Part 1's probably the elephant in the room. Uh, so why don't we touch on Doctor Strange Multiverse Madness, get a movie out of the way, seeing as we've done, you know, all other sorts of media so far. Seth, how was that? Yeah, uh, I actually like this quite a lot. It's very different for what a Marvel film is, and that's chalked up a lot to uh, Sam Raimi being the director. And if you've seen Sam Raimi movies besides Spider-Man, you know that he likes uh, horror and horror elements. So... Uh, before the movie came out, they were saying that this was going to be like the first Marvel horror movie. Was Spider-Man 3 not horrifying? <laughs> For all the wrong reasons. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a horror movie, but it was horrifying. What do you mean? It was really good. What the fuck are you guys talking about? It was good. It's okay. It gets um, it gets more <laughs> flack than it deserves. Fucking know, man. On this very pod... Well, like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Keep going. Uh, yeah, it's it's not 100% horror, um, but I can see where people were coming from when they're saying it. Um, right, yeah. It's actually a very inspired idea to make, like, a, sl- a horror slasher flick out of superheroes. It works really well. I, was, I wasn't expecting it to work as well as it did, but the character used as a slasher villain is really great. <laughs> and So, I, I, I need to ask this, and I ask this with all sincerity. None of the trailers I've seen suggest in any way it's a horror slasher film. Are you sure you went to Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness? I'm 100% sure those trailers, like, show absolutely nothing about the movie in to the point where I was convinced that it was a different movie going into it than what it ended up being. I was expecting a lot more, um, a, a lot more multiverse travel than is in the movie and, like, more... Uh, absurd visual effects and like CGI and there's a lot of that in the movie it's just not as much as I was expecting and I was expecting those to be the main focus of the movie especially when some of the trailers were doing really interesting things like having the VFX break out of the um, cinematic borders I thought that was a really interesting idea for trailers and that's just not in the movie because there's no cinematic borders hmm hmm strange damn it you're <laughs> holding on to that the whole time <laughs> Yeah, sure. Let's let's pretend I did that intentionally. <laughs> uh, did you right, like so, it? Yeah. So, did you like it? Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I'd probably give it like an eight out of ten. Like, it's not super amazing, but it's up there for me. So, is um, it the sort of film that you actually do need to see in cinemas to appreciate, or is it just a good film, but you don't have to see it on a big screen to fully, you know, get into it? Ah, oh, that's that's a hard question for me to answer because honestly, I'm I don't care either way. Um, the cinema experience wasn't that great uh, for this movie. Like you know how at the end of um uh, Endgame and during Spider Man, the theaters were popping off at certain moments for those movies. There was <laughs> oh, like yeah. there was like no big pop off moments in this movie or anything. So it wasn't like the audience got super into like cheering or anything, but. So what it sounds like is that Steve would really like enjoying watching this in the cinema because he treats every cinema experience like a fucking library. Yeah, he'd well, love good. it. Well, good. You're there to watch the fucking movie. If I wanted to watch people cheer or clap, I'd catch a fucking plane. I'm on Steve's side for this. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Hold, Captain America's on the up. screen. I'm shocked. Hold up. How many planes are you on where people, where people clap? What sort every of pl- single plane I've ever been on, someone claps when it lands. Apparently, I, I don't it's a common thing for- Americans to clap Americans. at the end of plane rides. Every are they are time. they surprised that it landed safely? <laughs> they're yeah, they're, the they're probably part. all expecting another 9-11. Hey, that's, oh my god! Are we making Jesus. any jokes? Are we allowed to? 
I can well, you've censor done the Joker it. joke, so. <laughs> They're that probably all waiting for another beep 11. <laughs> I wonder what he's going to send. <laughs> well, right. that's going to be more emails. Thanks, guys. Or as we say in the civilized world, uh, 11th 9. But no, like, uh, <laughs> True. Uh, it, like airlines getting taken over, is a, as far as I know, is a big fear in America. So, like, a successful flight is a, is a form of celebra- celebration. <laughs> America is so fucking confusing. But yeah. <laughs> do they, do Sorry, they have America. to tip their pilots? Like like a waitress? <laughs> like they land and the pilots are like, hey, 20% gratuity, please. God, um, it, I don't know. But if they're anything like it, uh, most people are with bus drivers. I'd assume not. I keep <laughs> seeing posts on LinkedIn recently. American Airways doesn't pay them a living wage. They rely on tips. <laughs> I keep seeing posts on LinkedIn recently, right? So there's because obviously most major companies are American, uh, at least in the the field in Australia, at least most companies that we work for are American based. Um, I keep seeing these posts being up like, oh, you know, end of financial year is coming up. Most people are going to be getting a raise. Be sure to get your boss something nice or tip him. I'm like, sorry, what? <laughs> tip him oh, yeah, tip the those. boss? Yeah, it's no, so I've confusing to me. Or um, uh, there'd be like leaked company memos of like, hey, we're all chipping in to get the CEO something nice. So if you just want to toss like, you know, 20 bucks into this account, uh, we're yeah. going to pull our cash and buy the CEO a present. And you're like, oh, is there no, anything that a bunch of people moment. could buy that he can't buy and sell? <laughs> Don't forget to tip your landlords as well, fellas. Yep. <laughs> and, and, and your witcher, toss a coin to him. <laughs> okay, that was good. Tying into the game you. podcast. I like it. Hey, I like there we it. go. Yeah. I had, I had to get there eventually. Video, video games, am I right? Lana Del Rey has something to say. I, we're, we're on cinema at the moment, not video games. Okay, so... <laughs> my so, bad, my bad. Okay, so, all right, so level with me, Doctor Strange, is there a lot of cameos? Uh, yes, there are. Uh, no. not, not like throughout the movie, but there's one specific segment in the middle of the movie that has a lot of um, cameos. And um, I just want to say one, they introduced a new character in this movie as well. And uh, I'm so glad I watched The Office because uh, um, they're played by Ryan. Uh, Jim. Sorry, Jim. Just gonna say, Jim, sick. So Finally, the new character, Jim's in the Dr. MCU. Normal? Mad. <laughs> so when he just it. stares at the camera. <laughs> yeah. he, he, he doesn't break the fourth wall in this one, unfortunately. <laughs> That'd be so fucking but, funny. It'd be so good. Something happens and someone just falls over or something or someone dies and he just stares at the camera and blinks like <laughs> There's one character just, for some reason he pranks that, that no one knows why. <laughs> just does the OU look. But yeah, uh, when when so he was in the someone John else's Krasinski, wife. right? The, the actor John Krasinski. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he is in the movie, yeah. That's a what is this, a crossover episode? And now, and now do not Google it because the moment you do you'll be spoiled on who he plays. Doctor Normal. Doctor Normal. I get it. That's that's a good one, actually. Wait, wait, wait. Hang on. Wait, wait, no. But it's the opposite of Doctor. Um. Homeopath Normal. If you. (laughs) 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 All right, that's it. We peaked. Prominent anti-vaxxer Normal. He does his own research. First name, Karen. (laughs) He does. He does. And you know what? He's proud of it. That's his superpower. <laughs> his his thesis is made of macrame, and it's on the fridge. And his mum is proud of it. All right, you leave him alone. <laughs> That's excellent. <laughs>
Uh, so, Seth, you gave it an 8 out of 10. So, sounds like you would recommend that people go watch it in cinemas. Um, oh, uh, this is not the first Doctor Strange film. Is there, is there anything that people need to watch beforehand? Uh, not really. They make an offhand mention of, um, Spider-Man No Way Home, but it's like, uh, one very quick gag section about the fact that the movie happened, and then some jokes about Spider-Man, uh, because... Uh, so to give the uh, to give a quick brief plot summary, like not full plot, like synopsis, I guess. Um, uh, there's a character that can travel through the multiverse, and she's trying to get to like <laughs> Doctor Strange. No, no, not Doctor Strange. Another character. Um, God, I can't remember her full name, but her first name is America. Um, America Captain. <laughs> no. <Go back. laughs> no, no, it's not that. Uh, but it's any- an honor, sir. Anyway, um, uh, she's uh, she's trying to get to like the center of like all of existence to get a spell book. And oh my then- god, it's Doctor Nefarious from Ratchet and Clank Three. <laughs> no way. I don't know who that is. Oh, big fella, you got to play Steve, Ratchet and Clank. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> what if Captain Clark just appears in the middle of? Ah, <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, uh, she she's uh trying to get there, but there's um uh, demons that are. Uh, following her throughout, trying to uh, get the book before her. Wait, sorry, actual demons? Actual demons, yes. What? It's, it's been a, a long time since I've seen a Marvel movie, but this is really bizarre. It's a crossover with Supernatural. Ah, <laughs> oh, I see. Uh, but as she's getting attacked, uh, she doesn't have control of her powers, so she, like, panics and opens a portal into the multiverse and lands where uh, our Doctor Strange is. And... Uh, from there, he's just trying to help her get to the book uh, before anything happens and uh, keep her... Uh, uh, they're both being chased down by the slasher villain of the movie who's trying to get uh, the uh, the character with the multiverse powers. Um, uh, the villain is trying to get them because magical beings can absorb other entities into themselves. So they just want to eat this uh, character so they can gain their multiverse travel powers. So you're playing a giant game of spore, and you're trying <laughs> yes. to make it to land. God, what That's a throwback spore is. Oh, that's such a great game. Man, I'm just trying to tie it back into you know this 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 is a video game podcast after all. You know, am I right, fellas? I guess. Well, I'm not going to say you're wrong. <laughs> but yeah, spore. Wow, what a great game. Now that is a cool. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> now that's thanks an eight that. out of ten. <laughs> now that's a video thanks game. Thanks for that, Seth. Anyway, so spore. <laughs> <laughs> Is uh, it, uh, no, is it worth cool. watching for someone that doesn't watch Marvel movies even? If it's so different to other Marvel movies? Like, um, would I enjoy it? I'd, I'd say so. <laughs> Josh specifically? But actually, actually, no. I think Josh would nitpick the hell out of it. There's quite a few then. dumb decisions made in the movie that I think Josh would nitpick the hell out of. The Last Jedi uh, dumb or just regular dumb? Just regular <laughs> dumb. All like, right, cool. I can regular deal with that. Dumb. Like, this character can levitate, but for some reason that they during this uh, tense scene instead of levitating they're chasing people uh, on their bare feet uh, with their broken glass everywhere oh. <laughs> okay, I wouldn't expect the hell maybe out of that then, maybe yes. they were tired <laughs> yeah that, that <laughs> is probably the excuse they're going with like they, they just got out of a fight where they use a lot of um, energy so they're probably out of magic ability for now it was having so trouble getting to replenish it up. Mana. Yeah, need to drink a mana potion having trouble getting it up that's a good one I'll say that again <laughs> Hey, and that brings us to our sponsor, Blue Chew. <laughs> <laughs> Krispy Kreme, wait, shit. 
I also <laughs> want to mention that before going into this, because one of the trailers showed a second Doctor Strange, like an evil Doctor Strange, I was like, oh, I should probably watch Marvel What If because that's the whole multiverse thing. And uh, That is very good. It, it is. It's fantastic. Um, And uh, I was watched it uh, all the night before uh, going to go see Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. And I... I was like, okay, I'm going to watch this because they're probably going to do some throwbacks to it. There were none. <laughs> there was absolutely uh-huh. no connection between the two. Bruh. Oh, well. To be fair, if they tried to reference every single piece of Marvel media, you would spend your entire life just watching Marvel stuff and nothing else. I mean, so, yes, yeah. that's basically what they've got people in a loop of doing. It's true. Yeah, people, people do that now, man. <laughs> it's true. The future, the future is here. Uh, well, thank you for that, Seth. Um, yeah, I guess if you're a fan of Marvel films or Doctor Strange or uh, Benediction Cucumber himself, uh, you can go along and see the movie uh, at a local cinema near you. Uh, right, where shall we move on to next in this multiverse that we call Round the Lounge? Uh, why don't we stop in on? Was there really was there much more that you wanted to add to your ukulele synopsis, Steve? No. I um, need to okay, get. Okay, thanks. So, Josh, <laughs> just to, last literally, of us. No, literally yeah. to give you a quick. He, he got to 69 attempts and he was done. Yeah, I put it the, the same file has be. to end there. Yeah, yeah now yeah. I just have to get a breath mint or something, right? Um, so, essentially. <laughs> okay. I heard that increases the sensation. <laughs> Alright, you, you, so, you can stop talking. <laughs> Josh, kicking him out. Uh, so, so, essentially, the last level is the impossible lair, and you've got to get through that. But the more bees you collect in, like, the overworld, you pretty much get, like, a free hit off on you. Um, and you're invincible, essentially. So there are 48 bees. Um, so essentially you can get hit 48 times. Um, I have 40 bees and I can't... And, I'm, and I think I've made it to... Because it gives you a percentage, like, how far you made it. I think I made it to 79%. Um, so I'm hoping if I get another 8 bees, um, I'll be able to finish it. But the caveat with that is, though... I should be getting another four more achievements. So essentially, I need to get more achievements to progress the game. So happy days, I guess. I'm, I'm just sick of that game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I've, I've put myself every day, I will collect two or three bees. So then hopefully next week, um, I'm done. Sorry, did you say every day you want to collect two B? Or not two, two B? Two I, or I'd three B. I spend every day collecting two B. Yeah. <laughs> get all the yeah, What a great game. <laughs> It's near automata for those that uh, weren't aware. For the uninitiated. Also, don't believe me. For the b just, 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 just a quick <laughs> aside, because I feel like I should mention this. Please don't mention this. <laughs> um, the, the new mobile game has a Final Fantasy fourteen crossover events right now, and it just spoils the shit out of um, Shadowbringers. I'll be honest with you, big fella, I don't care. I am the Final Fantasy fourteen person here, so I feel compelled to bring it up. Uh, to to quote to quote the late great Steve, I sleep. <laughs> I do sleep. Um, it's late great because he he was great, but not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I'll get it. Okay, so I'm, I'm done with you. Fucking late for oh, the maybe, recording. Maybe. High five. What do you mean? I was the first one in the chat. I was the first one here. <laughs> maybe he can get the great title back once he finishes the impossible lair. It's true. It's true. Once That's it true. becomes possible, then we'll talk. Um, fair enough. Thank you for that, Steve. Uh, I guess the the uh, last thing I'm not going to bother with many motorways. Um, it's a fucking casual game. Might come back to it later. Who knows? Uh, last of Us. Might as well do Last of Us chat. So I know that we've been preparing this for about three episodes, but it seems like only recently Josh has decided that he also wants to play Last of Us. So now we can't talk about it. But well, we I've can played talk last about of us, Last but- of Us. 
Not yeah, two. we can talk about Last of Us 1. I know that we've, we've hinted at Last of Us Part 2. Might be a, sw- a spoiler cast. Who knows? Mm, another <laughs> one. Coming I mean, on never release. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we might as well talk about Last of Us Part 1. Because that that's finally... Wait, hang on. Wait, wait. Seth, are you going to play Last of Us? <laughs> uh, I've already played, you played it, the so first it doesn't one matter. Played number two? I, oh, was it was oh it was sorry it was part two that you haven't played right? Yeah, I've seen okay, I've seen okay. like eighty percent of it though, and I know the ending. Ah, oh, that's right. Yeah, because uh, we were talking about you playing um uh the DLC. I forget the name of it. Oh, what uh, is the DLC? Left behind the DLC for part one. Left, left behind. behind. Yeah, Thank left you. Behind. Yeah. 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 yeah, I want to, I want to say left for dead. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Um, right. So last was part one. Um, old game. <laughs> 10 years older, actually, isn't it? Oh my 10, god, is it really? Getting yeah, there, I think it's like nine. But that yeah. holds up remarkably well for that age. Get, getting close, getting close. Um, right, so I really didn't prepare any kind of deep divey stuff, which is probably for the best because I don't want to spend an hour on this like we have done with previous deep dives. Um, I will start with Josh, having just played it, you have remarked in the group chat multiple times about how scary different elements are. It's a scary would, game. It is a scary game. Steve, leave him alone. I would be very- don't listen to him, Josh. I would be very curious- It's the safe no. space. It is absolutely not- there's nothing scary no, about the no, game, it's not just from us. <laughs> No, but I'd, I'd- I'd be curious to know what- uh, what the game does right to build an atmosphere where you feel scared, because that's always something that's very difficult to do with video games, right? Like. There are games that even market themselves as being scary that in some ways aren't because they fall through or you become too strong. Um, or they're just uh, funny. I'm, yeah, well, I, I'm, I'm learning a lot of context into this because I, well, I, I'd also say that something like Dying Light is in some ways a scary game because the power curve of you as the character means that you are so much weaker compared to the outside world when you start that it is scary to get into, you know, unfamiliar situations. But you get so strong that by the end of it, the zombies are... Uh, basically trivial obstacles for you to overcome. And that that is part of the marketing gimmick for the game, I would say. But The Last of Us constantly keeps you on the back foot with, you know, you you are never strong enough to overpower zombies between at the start and at the end of the game. So what sort of things does the game do right to to make you feel scared or, or uh, uneasy about what you're playing? Okay. So there's a lot of different factors that build that very specific atmosphere. <clears throat> the first thing that I want to mention, because it's the biggest, I think, um, even for the age of the game, uh, is the sound design. It is remarkably good. It is so good. Like, I break it down. What what sort of what what sort of pieces? Like sound design is broad, right? <clears throat> it is very broad, what, what but just so there'll be certain. So obviously, it has the same sort of things that every other game does for, for the most part. Where you've got like like if you're in a in an area that's safe, you'll have like some kind of peaceful background music, whatever. Um, and then if you're in the middle of a fight, it'll be the tense music. Um, it does that very, very, very well, and it, the swap between them are not a hard shift. It's usually, like, it, it just fades in quite nicely, and it'll usually sort of start with you, like, dropping into an area or getting into what is basically a puzzle room, if you look at it from a grand scheme of things. It doesn't feel like a puzzle room. So rather than just sort of completing the objective of you know, killing this many zombies and moving on or whatever, the sound design keeps playing throughout it until you kind of leave that area. So you're never really sure if you know, you've actually finished that puzzle or if there's more to go and more things are going to come in or if there's more enemies just waiting around the corner. Um, they, they pulled that off really, really, really well. Um, the actual, like, 
everything from like the sound of you reloading to the sound of like zombies clicking in the distance and like just hearing footsteps and everything all of that really ties in really well um you know you notice every single little bit of sound that you're making that maybe some companion that you're with is making whether that's you know ellie at the time just I think I remarked multiple times throughout the playthrough because I think you were watching me for most of it, Patrick, or some someone Not was. most. Uh, a little Not bit most. of it. I think I've actually seen you. I think I've been sitting on you playing part two more than part one. But Probably. Uh, cont continue the point, though. But, um, like, I, I made my point multiple times where I would be, I was very tense and I was, like, afraid of what was coming up. And then Ellie would just make some, like, dumb comment or just like trip over something or just knock something over <laughs> and i'd be like stop that <laughs> it, was, it was freaking me out um so there was every single bit of the the sound design from like the monsters from your companions to even you just reloading a weapon or crafting something everything feels like the the noise that you make could cause you to die now that doesn't really play into effect like if you're crafting something i never managed to like aggro a clicker or something but it feels like it could and that the fact that it does feel that way sort of just added to the stress and the tense. So I, I really liked that. Um, okay, cool. Uh, question for Steve now. Steve, having finished Last of Us Part 2, which uh, I know that I've said this the past few episodes, we will hopefully get to next week. Stay tuned. We'll, <laughs> we can we'll talk about out. the first like half or so, because I'm basically halfway through the first one. Okay, so where, where are you? Because if you're where you think you are, you're not halfway. I, I I'm fairly close to half. I'm I'm basically in the hospital at the moment to track not down. Not close to half. No, is that seriously not half? I played like nah. 10, 13 hours. Sorry, man. It's nah, a thirty hour half, game. Not close to half. People told me it was about twenty five hour game. So yeah, yeah. okay. The it, hospital it, it is not depends. is not half. Yeah. Okay. Well, I've played for quite a bit, and like, yeah, I'm up the, to the hospital. The the second half might go by like. I, I count, I mean, you probably know that you swapped to playing as Abby through the second mm, half. I do that know that, yeah. Is, yeah, fairly well known. I mean, even Last of Us Part 2 is now considered, you know, not a new game. Um, but it might be that you play through the Abby section faster than the Ellie section, but I count that swap over as halfway through, and you're still, a, like, a good m multiple hours away from that from that crossover point. Mm, okay, well, depends well, how long you, halfway. Yeah, it depends how long it takes you to get through the next part. I struggle yeah, a bit. Yeah, true, but, but yeah, um, I, I don't think you're as close to halfway as you think you are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's also not an invitation to speedrun it, because the game really, not falls apart, but um, actually this leads nicely into the question I have for Steve, which is that uh, through Last of Us Part 1 and Part 2, they combine uh, lots of slow-paced, I'm going to call combat sections, places where... Uh, there are things that can kill you, but you don't rush through them, right? It's not like an FPS, you just charge in guns blazing. But there are also some places that you do charge in guns blazing. Is there a tempo to the gameplay that you felt worked better for Last of Us, specifically with Last of Us Part 1, uh, that you felt worked better? Like you, you felt that the game was more immersive when you had to sneak around clickers through the graveyard, for example? Or was it better when it was a lot faster and more tense, like the, um, uh, uh, not the hit and run, but the, uh, Pittsburgh bit where you get, uh, stopped at the, that, that roadside outpost. Oh, the in intersection. Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. Intersection. Yeah. That's, that's... Uh, what, 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 what would your thoughts on that be, Steve? So my thoughts would be that The Last of Us does that kind of stuff really well because I was playing it on a bit of the harder difficulty, so... Which which stuff? The, the, the change or one of the two tempos better? One, one of the two tempos. So it's a bit of everything as well. So it does the, the, 
the slow stuff really good because I was always sneaking around trying not to waste my bullets or if I was taking out people I was taking them out quietly um, or with like a bow and arrow or something mm. it definitely it's much better in two because the for lack of a better word the combat arenas that you put in it's not arena is probably not the best word it's the best word I can come up with um, there's a they're a lot bigger and there's a lot more sort of gaps you can slide behind a lot more places of cover that don't look like cover. Like you're not in a building and it's like four desks. It's you're in a building as one desk overturned. Um, maybe like a, a door so that's been swung open. Like it's a lot more varied in that. It doesn't seem more like number two doesn't seem as video gamey. And it definitely does get that slow, tense if I get discovered I'm probably gonna get killed or I'm gonna waste a bunch of ammo and I'm not sure when's the next time I'm gonna be able to pick something up. So it does sort of, it's quite engaging in that aspect. But then at right. a certain time, um, especially for The Last of Us 1, how the, the enemies move is semi-scripted and you can sort of tell their patterns. Um, and if you sort of are in the wrong spot when a checkpoint saves, you're always going to be discovered. So then you sort of have to do it anyway. And then if you do die, you have to replay that part again and you sort of get frustrated with it. Um, but The Last of Us Part 2 does sort of solve that issue because the AI is a lot smarter. Um, and even, like, just if you sort of break their path um, by being nearly seen or making a distraction, they have different paths to take. Or even if they find um, the bodies of one of their friends, that's really good because then they all get alert without knowing <laughs> exactly really where good, you are. That's really good, Steve, 2022. <laughs> well, no, it, it's, it's good from a game point of view because, you know, when you're playing, like, stealth action games in the past, as soon as they see one of their friends die or like, they're sorry, they, when they see the bodies of one of their friends, like, oh, I know exactly where the player character is and they just warm you. Right. So yeah. you, don't have, you have to worry about like hiding the bodies. With The Last of Us Part 2, you don't have to worry about hiding the body. They just change their patterns of movement and become on alert. Um, so, mm. yeah, it's, I think it does it really well, the, the slow, tense moments. Finally, lucky last question for you, Seth. Uh, I have actually picked these questions for each of you specifically, by the way. Um, oh, you, thank you. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, you, you might be thinking, God, this is, this is off the cuff. I planned this. Might have only planned this the last two minutes. I wasn't expecting a question, but... to be honest. Yeah, well, <laughs> here we go. You got it. Uh, you played uh, Left Behind DLC uh, fairly recently. In that, it focuses on Ellie as a character rather than Joel, the playable character of, of Last of Us Part 1. I, well, most of it, at least. I'm curious as to whether a game like Last of Us Part 1, it really thrusts you into an environment that you're unfamiliar with. So I'd be wondering if you had opinions about why it is that they chose that you would play Joel rather than Ellie, who's kind of experiencing this world as you, the player, are for the first time, right? Like, we have a large time skip between Joel when he's first exposed to this with the death of his daughter to a 20-year gap to now taking charge of Ellie. Is there any opinion that you have about why it is that you are playing the kind of older, more experienced character versus the one that uh, maybe is more unsure of the situation, unsure of the surroundings, unsure of the environment? Because that's, I would argue, closer to how the audience would feel playing through the game for the first time. Any thoughts? Well, first of all, uh, you said recently, and I don't know how likely it is you'd call i played the dlc seven years ago to be recent was it was it was it was it steve that just played left behind yeah 
Yeah, it, was, it was me because I played uh, number my, one and then left behind. My house then... of cards comes crumbling down. He doesn't even listen uh, to me. Question talk. for Steve. Same question. <laughs> 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 uh, um, did, did you have any thoughts, Seth? I, 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 my bad. I actually thought it was you that played Left Behind more recently, but uh, I'll throw it to Steve if, if if you don't have any thoughts on it. No, I do. Um, it's it's more from the narrative side of it that they made that decision rather than like a gameplay and world design. So. They want you to. They want you in the role of Joel to, uh, so that you like him can become attached to Ellie, so you can kind of um, see the reasons why he does the things he does. Um, especially with the end of the game where he just absolutely uh, mauls a, a hospital full of fireflies just to get her, and you're like, this is the wrong thing to <laughs> yeah, do. Do that. <laughs> but I, <laughs> but I understand why he's doing it, and. It, given the circumstances, I may or may not have done the same thing. And I think that's- Fuck Joel. <laughs> I said it. Oh, What's your opinion, I have very Josh? different opinions. <laughs> get fucked. I don't know. There's, there's no proof that vaccines work. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> Alrighty. <laughs> wow. We, we owe it to the universe to try. That's the barbiest of bobbed comments we've heard was, in a long time. It's definitely time. the uh, Dr. Normal opinion there. <laughs> Homeopath Normal. Homeopath <laughs> Normal checking in. Seth take. No, I've, I've, actually been, I've actually got my vaccinations and boosted. I, I just want hey, to say sure Stephen. I'm sure you <laughs> <I> have. <laughs> but yeah, um, no, uh, from, uh, so yeah, they've, they've done it from a standpoint where you can either like try and justify why he's done it or like Steve hate him for it and he uh, Joel's uh, what Joel does at the end of the game where he does save Ellie is a massive um division for people that have played The Last of Us so I think it was a good call to um to uh, make him the player character and uh, become attached to Ellie the way he did rather than experience the world through Ellie's eyes so on the back of that um, I've got one more question, probably more so for the group, and then we'll just open it up to, because I know that I addressed the last three to people specifically, and, you know, if other people probably have thoughts on those three, we can go through those as well. But the last question will ask more towards the group than one person in particular. Last was part one. Uh, we're going to spring, we're going to springboard off that idea of conflict right at the end. Uh, I'm, you know, uh, allowing exceptions for the people that have played Last of Us more recently. I think everyone's been fairly aware of what Last of Us is, you know, generally for the last nine years, where the end of the game is kind of a decision made on the back of you playing as Joel and getting attached to Ellie. So it's a two-part question. One, do you think the section where we play as Ellie helps form an attachment to Ellie more than if we'd only played as Joel and just had another time skip when we were out, you know, cold for that uh, few weeks, you know, when it switched into winter? And two, uh, do you think the division is split along particular lines that you can point to. Like, for example, we're guys. We do guy things. Joel's a guy. Joel does guy things that we'd just be in a better place to understand his motivations than um, maybe a a woman of our age playing as Joel. Is there any kind of uh, di like uh, division along particular lines, particular groups that would be more or less likely to embrace what Joel did at the end of Last of Us Part 1? Um, I don't know, Josh, do you, do you have any thoughts on that first? Just to stop all of you speaking at once. <laughs> that, there's a lot to unpack in that question, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, well, two, it's no, basically two questions. two questions. Yeah. Yeah, I think to, to answer, I, 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 yeah, I, don't, I don't really know how to answer that coherently. I think 
Start with the winter section. (laughs) So the the winter section makes... I don't think that it makes a difference in terms of the ending as per... If you've played as Ellie for a little while, are you more likely to want to save Ellie or anything? I I don't think that ties in. So just just quickly on that, just as an aside, like super quickly then. End of Last of Us Part 1. We agree with Joel. Yes or no, Josh? I I agree with Joel. Uh, If we're just doing yes or no, then I'll just leave it at yes. Cool. Seth? Yeah, I I would, given the situation I would have done, if I was Joel, I would have definitely gone uh, with that decision and just saved Ellie. Thank you for saying yes in three sentences. Steve? No. Interesting. Cool. What about you, Pat? What about you, Pat? Yeah. Tiebreaker. Yes or no? Um, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the yes or no really makes it hard, honestly. <laughs> the yeah, no, but that, that's fine, because the, the thing is, I'm, I'm just conscious of us just sitting here in silence thinking of our, uh, of our answers. Anyway, continue your point, the winter section. You don't, you don't think it ties into our decision-making this Joel at the end of the game. Interesting. I would have disagreed, but continue the point. So I, I don't think it makes... So I, that's very different for me, though, because I don't think it makes a difference because I still would have gone to save Ellie. Um... So I, I'd, if that decision had popped up at that point of the game before then, I, I would have still done that. I still would have saved Ellie before playing as Ellie. I think it might influence some people's decision in terms of like, oh, I played Ellie, like you know, she's, she's the, the main character kind of thing, blah, 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 blah. I also had the, the I, I guess, side effect of knowing that there was a second game where you play as Ellie, so she didn't die. <laughs> yeah, okay, so but- it, it really kind of puts that into, pers- into perspective for me. Like either way, I was like, <laughs> I need to save Ellie because there's a second game. So <laughs> I, it's really hard for me to answer in the mindset of just the first game. Well, I mean, but- it, it could it could have been infamous too, right? The can uh, like the, there's a canon ending, even though you have the choice at the end. But I could be. Point, yeah, I haven't continue. played infamous too, but yeah. Um, okay, well, we're gonna have to get into that in a later date. But you're missing out, my friend. <laughs> Anyway, sorry, continue with this. HD then collection I'll, then I'll throw win. It to Steve and then Seth. I, <laughs> True. I, I don't think that part makes a huge factor around whether or not you save Ellie because it's just so tied into their relationship together. So even though you're playing as Ellie for the first bit and then you play as Ellie and Joel towards the end of that section, swapping back and forth, I think mm. that the whole point of that section was to build their like father daughter relationship and that he really cares for her. I don't think that you playing as Ellie matters as much as what that, that section was doing with their relationship towards wanting to save her. I think the whole back and forth of, oh, I need to save her, you know, she's like my daughter, and you, you play each side of things matters more than actually just playing as Ellie, if that makes sense. Um, so, terms- you, so, so uh, you would argue that, uh, trying, trying to summarize, so that you would argue that at the end of the section where you play as Ellie and you're fighting off David, that the moment where Joel comes to save Ellie, when Ellie is just absolutely macheting the shit out of David's face, uh, that that was uh, that seeing, yeah, true, yeah, it was absolutely uh, deserved, that, yeah. That that seeing that conflict play out with you having gone through that conflict as Ellie doesn't then have a a bearing on the ending where you are doing the same thing from the Joel perspective of coming in and saving Ellie once again. That's that's sort of where you're at. Yeah, so I think if they had if they had me not play as Ellie and just showed the cutscenes or whatever of Ellie going through that same thing, then yeah. I don't think it would have made a difference. I think it was more around that, that actual relationship of them together and him coming in to save her and her being like breaking down in tears, like, oh, you know, he like tried to assault me and blah, 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 blah. And they, they well, you know, they tried, were tried eat to eat her, thing. but tried to know. eat as well. Yeah. Um, let's, let's, let's call a spade a spade. A little column B. He was a little, 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 yeah, little column A, little column B. Like, I think that that 
that dynamic there, and that situation. There's multiple ways he could have eaten well. her. You're out of here, you fella. Final warning. Uh, I'm, I'm just saying um, that's sorry, what the any... game was going for, not what I was going for. <laughs> any, any, anything more to add, Josh? Yeah, the, the second half, I think that in terms of uh, playing as uh, a woman or playing as uh, a man perspective or, or you know, any other, no, um, not, I think- like, I, I, don't want it to, I don't want it to be that black and white. I'm just saying, like, I think we all know that it was a divisive ending. I'm just wondering if you can draw lines or or patterns around who you think might have been in favor or against the ending. I th- because no, we, I don't we think did so. experience we did experience the game through one perspective is, is is my argument. That that's what I'm trying to get to. I probably butchered how I got there, but you, the you idea absolutely is, did. We, you brought gender into it for some reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah I, like, I don't think the gender makes a difference. I think that your attachment to Ellie and I, even the time frame that you played the game makes a difference like i play played through it in a couple of days and i was really attached to those characters so if i had played that over a couple of months and i was fairly detached from those characters it wouldn't have been quite as uh i wouldn't have felt the need to go you know butcher up an entire faction and save ellie wait hang on sorry you're saying that you wouldn't have felt that need if you played it over a longer period of time i missed the first yeah, like yeah, if because, I, it, yeah if I you play it over a couple of months you have more breaks and it doesn't oh, stick as deeply yeah yeah, yeah gotcha gotcha um, cool, Steve. Same questions. Yeah, um, the doesn't the Ellie part doesn't really reflect on the ending for me. The Ellie part is it's just story content and it shows that Ellie because how much Ellie cares about Joel because she goes to so much effort and there's a true sense of desperation in what she's trying to do to make sure that he makes it through, and it's sort of reflected in her trials with David. I'm um, trying not to be eaten, and that's it's it's really good, and it's a it's a credit trying, to sh- trying not to be eaten. Such a like blase one line summary of that like like it's accurate. It's entirely accurate. I agree yeah. with you. It's just well, funny to like state yeah, that as like yeah. oh yeah, you- that that part of the game is where you try not to be eaten by the guy that voiced Drake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, it's and it just also shows- on that I had no idea it was uh, Nolan off the first time playing through. I had to see his name in the credits to realize it was him. God, he's, he's such a good voice actor. He is. Yeah, he, he is. He's in every video game, though. So yeah, he is. He is. Him, there. him and Troy Baker. Yeah, true. True. Uh, well, yeah, it, it, it's more of a... It develops Ellie, and, Ellie as a character and her... How much she cares. And it also develops um, the relationship, the, the dynamic. There, That is the scene where it's no longer Joel escorting Ellie for the sake of the job or whatever it is. It is they are literally... Bonded, they are very close. Whether it's a a father daughter relationship, whether they're really good friends, whether it's a mentor and their their student or what have you, they are very close, and that scene solidifies it, and it is really good. And it's that is probably one of like the highlights of the Last of Us Part One. Um, I can't remember what you said. The second question was, but second question, not trying to boil it down into like a gender fight, but that's apparently what I did. My apologies for that. I just mean we play through most of the game as one perspective. Do you think that we playing through that game as one perspective changes how we view the ending, whether we are more or less likely to experience parts of life outside of Last of Us Part 1 from a similar perspective as Joel? Not not really. I don't think so. I think... Look, I'll say that, like, having the conversation of, like, gender or race probably doesn't really... It's... It doesn't really do this uh, game any justice, but then at the same time, I'll say this as a straight white man and 
every video game character is labelled after me, so maybe I'm sort of, I can't see my own blindness because every other game sort of, uh, I'm sort of used to things, seeing things through that perspective. Um, to be I fair, yeah, you that's, as that's, a straight white man had uh, us sitting here saying, no, I wouldn't have done what Joel did. So <laughs> <Yeah>. cle- clearly <laughs> there's a divide. Yeah, it might be just on ways people think and maybe it's just more of a logical thinking versus emotional response type of thing. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I think I, that's like, where the divide yeah. is if you're thinking of it in a logical way of um, uh, the the vaccine could save people or the emotional- At, at my core, that, that's the same way on. I view it too. Um, we're gonna we're gonna circle back to why Steve doesn't think it was a good idea because I'm also in his camp for that. But uh, Seth, question the same questions to you. Uh for the first one, no, I don't think playing as Ellie actually did anything to like for the I'm ending. I'm so itself. surprised that none of you think that the. It's okay. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm gonna, okay. Continue. I'm just. I'm surprised at that. But continue. It's more of um the way they're building the tension between those two sections. I feel so playing as Ellie and Joel back to back uh, like swapping between them in winter is an extremely effective way of um, uh, making that uh, scene more dramatic and um, uh, more tense. Like, you can see Ellie's point of view. So, as Ellie, you want to get out of it, but then you switch to Joel and you're like, okay, I want to hurry and get Ellie out of that situation. I'm the I'm like the guy that's been her protector. I need to get there before something dreadful happens while she's, like, not so much fighting for her she's not exactly fighting for her life in that section she's more trying to just she's fighting for her limbs yeah no i i mean like she's <laughs> she's been trying more to like um stay out of sight stay on the down low and it's not until she's backed into a corner that she needs to fight david but um mm. yeah so you're go- constantly going back and forth and it's like that sort of tension of um will joel make it there in time what can ellie do to survive the situation and it's like in that moment, you're like, okay, so she's learned a lot from Joel and how to survive, so she can, in some capacity, uh, stick up for herself. But um, also as Joel, um, he's uh, he's like finally realizing, I give a shit about this girl. Um, I I'm treating her like a daughter now, and I've bonded with her in a way that can't be replaced. And so, therefore, you need to go and get cigarettes and never come back. Yeah, exactly. I have a, <laughs> another question before page. you go into that, Patrick. Do you think that, because I, I played the DLC after the main game, and I assume pretty much everyone did, do you yep. think that the events of the DLC where you know, half of it is about sort of her personal relationship with her friend, and then the other half was basically her really struggling to find medicine to save Joel, do you think that that influenced your decision on if she should, uh, you know, if she should be saved or if she should die for humanity, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera? I, I'm going to squirrel out of that question and say that I already had what I, what I hope to be fairly well-formed thoughts on what I interpreted the ending to be before playing the DLC. So it's kind of hard to go through the game and through the ending and then retroactively adjust how I feel about the ending based on information after the fact. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's just, it's kind of like a non-factor, if that makes any sense. It's not that I don't have an opinion on that it's just that the opinion is stronger based on last of us part one itself regardless of the dlc okay uh but uh i i think i can i think we can probably figure out why Steve, um seth and josh are in favor of what joel did i'm more interested to know steve why are you against what he did at the end of the game because he doomed the human race like it's <laughs> he he didn't 
doomed them. He already had evidence that um, some of humanity is thriving. People are getting some sort of civilization back together with what his brother's been doing. So there's a safe haven. There's still that the cordyceps thing outside infecting people. There's still the roaming infections out there. He doesn't know that the va- the vaccine might have created some sort of antidote to reverse the people that had been infected. Uh, it, it's one of those things that like, I, if, I, I, I don't yeah, think I'm that's because it had invaded I'm, the brain at that point. Yeah, yeah I'm going to press X to doubt that. I don't yeah. think giving yeah. someone an antidote ungrows yeah. the mushrooms in their head when they're a clicker. Yeah, yeah, probably, yeah. the vaccine's probably. goal was just to stop people that are alive from being infected. Yeah, and it, it, it would have... But even then, there's still the fight for survival sort of aspect of, like, even if people are immune, they've still got to fight. um, They've still got to go out to get supplies, survive against the cordyceps uh, zombies. But you don't have to worry about, like, getting bitten and it's like, well, oh, well, got to shoot myself now. Or, oh, no, I breathe in a spore, got to shoot myself now. Yeah, yeah. So, so, Seth, your argument is... It's meaningless, therefore don't bother. No, I'm not saying it's meaningless. I'm saying there's... <laughs> so it all boils. Everything's meaningless, big fella. Yeah. <laughs> boy, boy, do I have a worldview for you. I'm saying um, uh, the cure isn't uh, the end-all, be-all answer of saving the world because there's still struggles. It's not that the world's saved. You're just... Um, uh, you're making uh, people's lives easier to, um, for the, the virus itself. Yeah. I that's, also think yeah, that, that's like, it's... It's probably important to remember that we're playing it from an outside perspective. And if you're in Joel's mind and you're like, hey, Ellie's here. She happens to be immune. She might be the only immune person that I've met, but I genuinely care for her. I want to save her. He doesn't know that there might not be other immune people, etc. Or they might not be able to replicate what got her immune to start with. Um, So, you know, I think that in terms of him shooting up the hospital <laughs> i'm like which nah, you don't have to do by the way all you have to do thing. is kill the, the one doctor yeah just sneak okay, through so so i'm i i have a hang up about that line of thinking right that line of thinking is there might be others like ellie but we know that in order to synthesize the vaccine we have to kill ellie so mm-hmm. all you're saying is I, I don't want ellie to die but i'm totally fine with someone else's ellie dying in that situation Yes, because that, okay. that situation- <laughs> Just un- so th- unequivocally? Yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> Fuck, yeah, right, because sure. quite literally, yes, because if <laughs> yeah, you're Joel in that, that situation- they don't, they don't- I don't know them, so why do they matter? <laughs> yeah, like, if you're Joel in that situation, you don't care. Like, that could be someone that's not 14 years old. That could be someone that was 40, but that may even be dying, or whatever. We could be killing babies here, all right, fellas? Yeah, all right, no worries. <laughs> it, it, from, from Joel's perspective, <laughs> as long as it's not Ellie, it doesn't matter. <laughs> That's the thing. So yeah, I think it's, that it's the I'm connection. so torn about the ending. Yeah, it, yeah. it is the connection. That's, and I, that's why I really think the story that they told was really good. And whether whether you personally agree with Joel or or don't agree with him, I think it is still a good ending to that story. That's a very good ending. Yeah. And, and the way they tell it as well is fantastic. And it is a very yeah, good way it is. of experiencing the story as well. Like it's a, It's probably one of the very few... Oh, it's coming up more and more about video games are a storytelling medium. Uh, and this mm, is yeah. one of the few games to do it right. And Last of Us number two does it even better. So there was a, a friend of the, the, the podcast, Tom. Uh, I was discussing with him how... So to me, I, I found that after when, when he shot Marlene, um, and oh, I don't know if she, he shoots her on every playthrough, but he shot her on mine. 
and then he walked out of the hospital. To me, that that should have been the end of the game, or Ellie waking up in the car. I didn't like the extra part. Uh, I, I, I didn't think it added anything to the story I to have the extra it. part. I don't like what the sequel does with that. Right. So, I, what, I, what do you think, Stephen and Patrick? Do you think that the extra part actually added anything after the hospital, or which is the uh, it, the extra where, the extra part she, is the one when they're looking where, over Tommy's uh, place? Yeah, where, oh, where yeah, no, Ellie asks it. it. Yeah, where Ellie asks it. Uh, I are you lying to me, or was there really nothing we could do? Yeah, no, I thought mm. that was good because Ellie probably is like, oh, I went into this place and I was put asleep, and then when we left, I was in the car, like. Yeah, she, she's probably like what okay. Happened? Someone doesn't up. Uh, yeah, like where am I? Would yeah. she, she probably does have that that niggling thought in the back of her mind, um, and and it probably sort of sets that Joel was willing to like essentially sell his soul and lie to Ellie to be like, look, you're the most important thing. Like he'd rather damn the human race than see Ellie go. Okay. But I can yeah. see, I, I can see why you don't like it though. Like, I just so from my perspective, and what I tried to explain to to Tom was that to me, knowing what I know that there was a second game and what it focuses around, I was like, this is just setting up a sequel, and that's all I saw it as. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't see it as any connection or character building or anything. I just saw it. Oh, look, they're setting up a sequel. It's money making, and I, I, I think that that I was didn't probably get that the wrong opinion at all. Back, the, yeah. back when the game came out, because yeah. so many time, people. Yeah. It was like a big discussion point of like this is a, like the perfect way to end the game because it's like it's open ended on if you want to believe that Ellie believes him or if she thinks he uh, he's bullshitting but she's willing to go with the lie mm. and I I think that openness to um that uh, that question is what made that ending really effective. Mm. Yeah, and don't forget, like when it came out originally in like 2012, I didn't think. But when it came out, they were like, "Oh yeah, we're doing a sequel straight away." I think they made the <laughs> decision quite some time. Yeah. yeah, they made the decision quite some time afterwards because they were going into Uncharted Four next. Mm. Mm. Now that's a good game, not a good both, story, both good. but both are good. Oh, as in both like The Last of Us and Uncharted Four, right? Gotcha. Yeah, no, I just mean I, I was like, like both we're, of we're the Uncharted's about- only two and four. <laughs> Well, also true, but I mean, like we're we're talking about Last of Us, and it's like, and how, now now Uncharted Four is a good game. It's like, yeah, but so was so was Last of Us Part One. Hold up, yeah, yeah, so no, no, from, no, 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 yeah, I didn't, yeah. No. I, yeah do we, we want to wrap it up? Because I have closing thoughts. Yeah, well, I was gonna, uh, TLDR, same as Steve. Uh, yeah, yeah. Clo- yeah closing don't, thoughts. Don't let Patrick answer the question. Yeah, no, no. For some reason, I thought Patrick had. Sorry. Um. Well, uh, TLDR is same as Steve. Uh, to slightly expand on it. I. Uh, I've started growing really jaded when started growing mushrooms <laughs> at the human race. There you go. Similar, similar. Uh, when when any piece of media specifically leaves the cliffhanger on a high tension moment, and the reason I say that is because whenever they come back to do a sequel, that is the first thing they have to address. And I cannot think of media that comes back to address a high tension point that wasn't addressed in the first part of whatever, you know, series, show, game, whatever, that it doesn't feel like they just had to tie it off and then continue with a new arc, which is why to have the uh, tension break of them actually making it further away from the hospital and looking out over New Hope or whatever Tommy's little village is called. Jackson. Uh, Jackson. Mm. Didn't they didn't they give it some maybe it was just Jackson. I thought they gave it like some like uh Did they just keep calling it Jackson? Name. Yeah, they keep calling yeah, it Jackson. Probably is Jackson. 
I might be confusing that with something else. Anyway, Star the Wars, point being, the New Hope. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but the point being, I I uh, I much preferred them. I I don't mind that they have an ambiguous ending. I think that leaves a lot of discussion and things. What I don't like is if they just make it out of the if they just make it out of the hospital and you're still kind of reeling from all that decision making that took place, and then they just cut you off because then let's say right, let's say they never make a sequel. Fine, I guess it. I guess it. You know, it's just left as an open ended cliffhanger. But as if as soon as they announce that there is a sequel, if that's where they ended the game, you know that the first thirty minutes to an hour or an hour of gameplay somewhere in there is going to have to be dedicated to the immediate aftermath of the decisions made of part one, and that's almost made entirely in isolation compared to what writers and directors and things want to do with new stories and new arcs and things in whatever they do for part two. So I'd much prefer a lower tension ending point that can still be ambiguous than a uh, will they won't they high stakes cliffhanger for the sake of it being a cliffhanger. So I'm much more in favor of them doing uh, what they did with with ending it at Jackson rather than at the hospital. Um, I really thoughts. don't think so. I think I think shooting Marlene and going you'll just come after her and shooting her was was enough of a an ending that it was like they're fine. Or even in the car when they're driving away, it's like like it, it it's over. Yeah, I don't, so I don't think do you, seeing the village added anything. How how do you hook that into part two then? So part two starts when they're in Jackson, right? They've already they've already yep. made it back. There's like a fairly low stakes, they're kind of they're kind of safe, they're kind of life has moved on. If you just end the game where you've shot Marlene and walked out of the hospital, how do you then tie that into a part two? Exactly the way you did part two, where you start in Jackson. There's no need to tie it in. There's absolutely none. Because five years have passed. There's nothing changed. <laughs> you still, you don't see yourself walking into Jackson and being like, all right, I'm going to live in this house. And Joel's like, I'm going to live in this house. Like nothing changed. It's still exactly five years has passed, basically, or four years, I think it is at the start of the game. And you're in Jackson. I That's think it. without That's that Jackson part, though, you don't know where they end up at the end of The Last of Us 1, because also don't forget the Jackson part of um, of uh, the first game is before the winter section. It's even before the university section. So that's like mm. the halfway it point is, of the game. You've probably forgotten that place exists by that point. I definitely I, didn't. I, and they said multiple times throughout the story, like, oh, we'll just go back to Tommy's after this. Like, yeah, we'll go back and we'll... Yeah, we'll, we'll go back to Tommy's, thing. yeah. Yeah, they, they said it multiple times. times. Okay, yeah, it's been so long, I probably forgot that they do bring it up a lot. What were you going to say, Steve? Oh, no, I'm just saying, like, we should probably end it here because there's a couple of things that into the last of part two that I really want Josh to get into because it, there's, like, a reoccurring theme that I'm I'm busting to I, say. I think I know what you're talking uh, about because well, I've, I've experienced it. some of it, but we'll talk about it later. Yeah, finish, yeah. It, well, we're, finish the whole story of the last of us part two because I, I thought it was going... Where probably where you are, then you finish it, and it's like, oh, okay, it did that. Um, <laughs> yeah, but at the same I'm, time, it's great. I'm uh, willing to leave it here because we're at forty minutes for this discussion, which I think has been really good, actually. But uh, my closing thoughts: I do not think, with the with any number of writers, direction, anything else, that you can go straight into part two of Last of Us without backpedaling or explaining in some way how the events of Last of Us Part 1 unfolded with the change in pace and scene and uh, uh, placement of the characters in their various arcs. And that's my closing thought. So I'm glad they did the, the Jackson ending. 10 out of 10 game for me. Fucking love it. Gustavo Santabella is fantastic at the music design. 
all that good shit. I'm pretty sure I brought this up before. Uh, Josh, you said that you had closing thoughts, so we'll finish it with you. Seth, what were your closing thoughts? Uh, for The Last of Us 1? Yes. It's uh, it's a pretty great game, uh, same as before. Like, I played it so much, I got the Platinum, and that made me kind of sick of The Last of Us for a while. Um, I, I'm of the opinion that a sequel didn't need to happen, and if they did do a sequel, that they should have um, done a different group of characters than Joel and Ellie again. I... I felt like The Last of Us 1. <laughs> Let's be fair, it's just Ellie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> but yeah, no, um, uh, I, I thought the first game ended so perfectly with that, uh, uh, with the way it did end, like with it, uh, Ellie's questioning of Joel and everything, that mm. I, I was satisfied where it ended. And yeah, I don't know, same. like, I've, I'm still in the place where I'm like, that ending was so perfect and I feel like I don't need a two that I haven't been compelled to go and play two. Like I'm considering it now only because we've been doing this podcast and uh, Steve and Josh have been mentioning it every week. <laughs> and because, oh God, and it's because so people, good. people refuse to pay, uh, play part two at the same time. So we have to keep drip feeding the idea that we're going to get to a discussion. I, where I'm, not going, to, I'm not going to do it. it in a way that's like, oh yeah, <laughs> delay it another week. I, I won't know get about to it. it so. Yeah, I won't. I probably won't get to it for ages. Anyway, I'm. I'm still not at a. It's still not at a price point that I'd pay for it. I'll, I'll wait for a sale. Hmm. Uh, Steve, your your closing thoughts. It's great. I've said it a million times. I'll say it again. Hey, it's great. there we go. Let's nice and short. Josh, your closing. When they're going to be a little bit long because we sort of dived into the the questions rather than my overall impressions of the game. So I just want to go through that very quickly. I. I, Sorry no, no, for trying quick. to make it engaging conversation. Oh, no, it was engaging bad. conversation. It's just there's a few things that I really want to mention that shocked me. So, like, so I picked up this game as a free game on the the PS5 collection, and I was like, I guess I'll give it a go. I didn't expect to like it. I just expected that it was a generic zombie game. I knew nothing really about it. Um, to to pick up the game and then to go an hour in and have the emotional turmoil that you already start with when his daughter dies and then to have like test die and everything and then to meet ellie i just thought that it was like like it was it was engaging enough to keep me hooked and then the actual relationship with ellie and joel was written well enough that it was like reading a book and that's not something i can say with every game it was really really well written and i didn't expect to like it at all and i ended up playing it in like three days mm. <laughs> i think that Everything it does, for the most part, is fairly simplistic. Um, even the story, it's a, at its core, it's a zombie story, and it's like basically a father-daughter story. But they, they executed it extremely well, to the point where you cared about almost every character, or you even felt bad for killing some of the characters that you kill in that story. Like, they did it extremely, extremely well. The world design itself, I didn't expect to be as good as what it was. Um, I did play the remastered version, but... Even at its time, that would have been gorgeous uh, on the, the regular version. It was. It, yeah, it, it, it looks really Sorry, good. It is. It is. Yeah, it, it still pushed, is. Yeah. It pushed the PS3 to its limits. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I looked at this thinking it was a PS4 game. You know, to think it was a PS3 game is impressive. <laughs> um, mm. Even playing it on the PS5, like, it still looks good even for some of the PS5 games that I've played. So it, like, in not, not even just, like, a, this is, like, really well, uh, you know, just good models or the textures are great whatever like just the actual way that the world is put together and even though it's quite linear the simplistic pathways are full of hidden things and like things that you could just find or there'll be one door sideways that there'll be a collectible in or whatever 
and all of that is just done it really 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 well so and all of it added to the story the music added to the story the world design added to the story the areas that you were going through and the change in seasons all of that really just drove home just how long and arduous the journey was and just really made you feel for those characters so i just think the game was amazing and i didn't expect to like it i expected it to be like a three out of ten it's like a solid nine at least <laughs> so yeah that's basically all i want to say cool uh shout out to bill just speaking of random characters <laughs> <laughs> i actually bill. quite liked him uh, yeah, he's cool. a good yeah. character he's a good character i like i yeah. like bill bill the yeah, icon cool. yeah. <laughs> oh my god yeah he was yeah, i wouldn't say was. icon <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say icon, but yeah. And with that, thank you to everyone for the first of the Last of Us of the part one fast fast travel Last of Us part one discussions. The, the uh, Last of Us. <laughs> no, the that's the spinoff that's the, coming after the Last of Us three, but they still got to give us uncarded. The first of the <laughs> Last of Us uh, part one fastest travelist loungest uh, discussions here on on FTL. Um, so is anyone else having a stroke that- listening to this audience question? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, thank you for all that. That means we've finished round one for this week and we get to move on to part two, which is, of course, the news. And starting us off, uh, a headline that I actually do not understand, a Summer Game Fest 2022 showcase event uh, set for June. I don't understand this because it sounds like it's showcasing things that have already come out and people know are good. Is that... Is, is that the right like beat on this? I don't I don't understand why this is a thing. Someone explain this to me. No, this is this is basically Jeff Keighley coming in, going, "Hey, you guys uh, know that said. E3 is dead, right? That means I get to do my E3 instead." I love Jeff Keighley. So it's just somehow worse. We have an article from from Gamatsu, but they uh oh hold up maybe I just misread this. Summerfest 2021 showcase was stuff from the previous year. So maybe we actually will get some interesting stuff for the 2022 showcase. Interesting to me is that they, in a teaser trailer that they showed for this, they showed a little clip of um, the new Sonic game, which means I have to pay attention to this event. In case it ties in with the movie? No, just because the new Sonic game is supposed to still be coming out this year and they've shown nothing for it. Oh, yes, yeah, the collection <laughs> that no one wanted, right? No, <laughs> the, the open world one that everyone yeah, wants. Yeah, the one that looks really good. It's the, Go on, fellas. Let's not put the Sonic before the Hedgehog. It's... The Sonic game is gonna be garbage. Name the last okay, good Sonic. Name the last good Sonic game in twenty years. Sonic Mania. Sonic Generations. Those are literally just repeats of the last game. Sonic Sonic Mania was not a repeat of the last game. Like, it's, mean? it's like seventy percent Sonic reused zones. Oh, six. I said, right, I said we need a new host. You're out, Nicole. <laughs> Sonic Forces was clearly the best game. <laughs> Sonic and the Black Knight. Now that's a game. That um, is a oh, game. I'm- and it's also, heard, heard, it, it's also a banging OST. <laughs> they all have I've heard some people are, are actually quite partial to, is it Unleashed? Yeah, Unleashed is yeah. art. It's not good. It's so not. Uh, it doesn't matter. We'll, anyway. We'll get, we'll this man doesn't the... like Baby's First God of War. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that you're referring it like that. Because it's so accurate. <laughs> Alright, uh, let's move on. Actually, I forgot to chuck this into the Last of Us Part 1 chat. But I really enjoy the number of times where I, I watch Josh play and I look at where he's up to and I go, oh, you're up to that section. And then oh, Josh stop just doing that himself. to me, man. I was like, stop <laughs> saying it like that. And then, oh, man, there's so many parts that he's like breaking me down. And then there was like, like him and someone else in the chat, like discussing something and then sending memes about where I'm about to be going. I remember that part. And I'm like, stop that. <laughs> like, cool. Man, that, I'm not stressed that, enough. 
that that part uh my 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 therapist really likes to delve into for for my source of trauma um anyway (laughs) i just had to get that dig back in there anything else interesting for the 2022 showcase we should look forward to seth uh not that i noticed really uh the, the trailer kind of had a mix of sizzle reel of uh, um, stuff that we've already seen um, at, like in depth or just came out like Tiny Tina. And I guess if you're excited about the uh, what's his name in the Lord of Rings? Golem. Yeah, that actually looks like a good game, though. Yeah. Yeah, they showed it like a little snippet of Golem. So that game will probably show up there. Um, if it's a, if it's going to be like an E3 replacement, then I expect a few big things to show up there. Mm. Also, fun fact: they're going to be showing the event in IMAX theaters. Yeah, I think that's kind of interesting. Yeah, I uh, saw that. That's we're getting the ticket first. There is also a uh, like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles section, and I think there's like a tiny bit of a new Genshin character. So yeah, there'll be stuff. Anyway, I guess that uh, might as well tie it in now as well. Pay um, attention to that. Thank you for that, Seth. <laughs> no, no. Fin- finish your thought. Yeah. Um. Uh, to to tie into it, I guess. Um. Uh, with this next news article, is that uh Naoki Yoshida is saying that the Final Fantasy 16's latest trailer is already complete and should be coming Ooh. soon. So maybe that'll show up at the Keeley Showcase. Oh, I'd be so keen to see more on that at, game. At at at, at Kill Three. Yeah, at Kill Three. Key Key Three. Keeley Three. Keeley Three. I like that. Heard it here first, guys. I hate um, this. But <laughs> also, while saying that, um, well. that's it. Uh, while also saying that the trailer's done and ready to be showcased, uh, he also confirmed that the game is complete in quotation marks. I'm guessing that means like they've got all their assets and uh, deliveries in. It's so it's like feature complete now. It's just they're in a big polish and make sure the game's playable state sort of development phase now. So the they still haven't said what it's releasing on, have they? Uh, only PlayStation 5 PlayStation at the moment. 5. It is only PlayStation 5? Only okay. Xbox. It's, it's probably PlayStation 5 and PC at launch, and then Xbox a year later. Mm. That's mm. my guess anyway. Uh, should but, mention that this is thanks to an article from Gamatsu. Yes, also from Gamatsu. And this, uh, this, all this information is coming from a live stream that was uh, uh, celebrating the Nier and Final Fantasy fourteen mobile game crossover <laughs> how do they go from something so bad to something so good <laughs> uh the the com- uh the uh the near producer was uh, like on stage with uh, yoshida and he just put him on the spot asking him Final fancy 16 questions nice because that's the <laughs> only it. way we get Final fancy 16 answers now uh, you- yeah. also another fun fact um uh, uh we mentioned in an earlier episode that said, uh, there were all those Final Fantasy shirts and we got a little bit of new information uh, from those. Wasn't that, uh, wasn't that last episode? No, Josh was here. Two episodes ago. Yeah. Talking about the ones for Uniqlo? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. all horrible. Like, yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah, but, they are um, Yoshida, Yoshida was like, oh, hey, yeah, um, the game's almost done sort of information. Apparently he got in trouble from Square Enix North America for that interview. <laughs> like oh. they, they, they weren't happy with him. Uh, talking about the game in such a uh, open way. So if he <laughs> minted that review and put it on the blockchain, would Square Enix pay $200 million for it instead? <laughs> Done, I'm sold. I'm on my way. You're a week too late for that. I know, but well, I, 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 it still hurts. <laughs> I, I do believe that that is the only copy of the interview in existence, right? Once it goes into the blockchain, there's absolutely no way to make a copy for yourself. Oh, so what's that? I, I, I hit control C, control V on all the, uh, all, all the text. <laughs> Right-click, save as, ha-ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> Your move, Squeenix. 
Uh, but, looking forward uh, to Balloon's Wonderworld sequel, you nerd. Um, <laughs> any any uh, final <laughs> Fantasy 16? I'm just going to say any final thoughts on Final Fantasy 16. Anything else you want to add on that on that article? I, I really hope... No, nothing really. I just really hope that this trailer does show up at the Keeley Awards or soon because it'd be nice to hear about the game because it's been like a year and a half now. <laughs> I just... True. As long as they say, like, it's not Final Fantasy 15, I'll be happy. Right, That's it all is I want. Final Fantasy. Yeah, because Final got- Fantasy 15 is perfect. There's no need to reinvent the wheel, eh, big fella? Hey, got him. I, I got a wait to upset Josh right now as well. <laughs> It's got the uh, Dove May Cry combat designer on it. Oh, God, is shit. No, I don't want to play it anymore. <laughs> no. I don't want to juggle my enemies for 45 minutes to get a rank that's not as high as it can possibly be because I'm still on my first playthrough. Triple, <laughs> triple S plus, Just baby. get good. Well, if you don't like that Final Fantasy, let me tell you, there are 15 others that you can play through. Let's not count 15. There's 14 others 14 others you can play through. Anyway, yeah, thank you for that. Uh, we'll have to see if you are right. Next up on the list, we have more news about the WWE RPG game, which... Uh, the, not wait, more news. This is the first news we're hearing about this. That's what I thought. But you, you're was getting a, it mixed up with that. Um, it was like an RPG wrestler, like 2D wrestling pixel game. RPG. <laughs> yeah. Which there seems to be a remarkable amount of these days. <laughs> yeah, it, it's probably because that other one had like classic WWF wrestlers uh, referenced yes. or just straight up in it. You're right. That's exactly yeah. what it was. But yeah, uh, uh, okay. hot off the so heels of all I'm the wrestling simula- uh, hot off the heels of all the wrestling simulators being absolute dog shit. Uh, <laughs> Stephanie McMahon <laughs> has confirmed that they have a WWE RPG in the works. That's all we know right now. But that's an insane thing to think about. So would you would you prefer? I I need to ask this. Would you prefer to play as one of the WWE wrestlers and you go around and you know class based stuff? Or would you rather take the Pokemon approach and just catch other wrestlers out in the wild? Catch other wrestlers. I, that sounds amazing. That I does sound amazing. Play a Pokemon want, wrestling game. I want to be my own creator character and and um just speed up other wrestlers. I just so, I just want to have Vince question. McMahon chase me doing the son of a bitch. Where are they? Where are yeah. they? Where is he? <laughs> <laughs> so good. And and I, I I like that that also means that we have John Cena as a um as Kecleon. No, <laughs> as Kecleon. Yeah. <laughs> John, John Cena go. needs to be a mythical Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> but real, real question, real question: which, um, which, which wrestler's going to be Mister Mime that that may or may not fuck my mom? I mean, Kane wears makeup, <laughs> oh, and he's also shit. just as horrifying. I'll be shit, honest with you, fellas. I, I, I'm not that much into wrestling. This is all all these funny jokes are being lost on me. Um, Sorry, I stopped paying attention to it in like 2009. So, is the Undertaker still gone? Is um, no, Stone he, Cold he's Steve retired, Austin. thankfully. Oh, okay. Gone into his final coffin. If you if you pick a starter, do you get the starters theme music? In which case, can I pick John Cena? No, just, as, just as I said before, cord. John Cena is a mythical Pokemon. Yeah, can I randomize my start so that I I get the mythical Pokemon start? Yeah. <laughs> the problem is, what if you get a John Cena that isn't perfect stats? Do you just like restart <laughs> your Nuzlocke? <laughs> what do I you mean, is a John Cena? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, John Cena, with no, uh, without perfect stats? He's always perfect. <laughs> John Cena, baby. If you want to go on the podcast, you're 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 in. We'll get you in. You can, can take you Josh's a jolly spot. John Cena, just high speed. <laughs> I'm sure we can work out a schedule of a day Josh isn't on board. Then we can have John Cena on. High speed, yeah, low special attack, jolly John Cena coming in hot. <laughs> Jesus. Oh my God. What was his ability be? <laughs> Would his ability be camouflage or something? Or? Yes. No, it, yes. It'd still be- <laughs> because you can't see him. 
It, it'd still be like swarm or blaze or, or torrent or something. What do you mean? As still, if it's not it's, pressure. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's still <laughs> it's still a low HP stab boost. <laughs> is there a Pokemon ability that reduces accuracy? Uh, uh, there is. That I can, yeah, it, it yeah, boosts well, damage or something. No, is, yeah, there's called? hustle, but it, it lowers your hustle. accuracy. Yes, hustle yeah, yeah, would be, yeah, hustle. Hustle would be yeah, John Cena's. That would be perfect. <laughs> You can also do no guard no, the, or guards. Seth, Seth the prop, the pro- no guard. <laughs> Someone's dying. It might be me. <laughs> <laughs> be- beast boost. Beast boost John Cena. Oh my God. <laughs> All right. Final question before we move on. Is no, the no, dinner no. also a wrestler? <laughs> no, I have one more question. Do you think there's any special attack type wrestlers? <laughs> I think the I think Undertaker. Rey Mysterio would be a special type. It would be a special type attacker. Yeah, the Undertaker would be a ghost type. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah, I don't get it. <laughs> no, don't worry. <laughs> anyway, let's skip, let's, let's skip ahead. Let's press our fast. I like forward that this button. is the one time we're actually talking about like a vague thing of sport, and Steven's like, I don't get it. Footy's <laughs> on, on I, Thursday. I love how- we, we've, we've mentioned basically nothing about the WWE RPG, but just like, so if it was Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Jolly John Cena coming to an RPG near you. Check it out. Um, I'm super excited. <laughs> You've got me way high for this game, and it's going to be nothing like I want it to be. It's going to be it's going to be way more fun when you get to put other other wrestlers to sleep or paralyze them. <laughs> Ooh, or paralyze! It, it's like when they're wrestling, you go on and they break their neck or something. And and Ooh. now to bring down the mood, the WWE is also looking into the metaverse and evaluating it. No. Uh, I'm gonna mint my blonde, my perfect John Cena on the blockchain. <laughs> yeah, I I think this was to be. Exp- I feel like most people are gonna evaluate. Like evaluation doesn't necessarily mean that they're gonna lean into it, right? It does yeah, just th- mean evaluation. This so is this is I at a like- financial earnings call, so you have to tell the old people in with all the money that you're looking into the things that are like big names at the moment. Yeah, you need to, like you need to mention the gonna... blockchain and NFTs to keep the investors on board. Yeah, uh, I do like that. In the in the um, uh, we should mention this is an article from Dual Shockers. Thank you to them. Uh, that uh, they mentioned. Uh, uh, yeah, as a quote from Stephanie McMahon, uh, gaming is a priority for WWE to reach our next gen audience. With over eighty percent of WWE's audience self-identifying as gamers. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry that's a direct quote that is a direct is quote yeah that is beautiful <laughs> um yeah i guess we'll just have to stay tuned and be really disappointed when it's no longer just a pokemon clone with mad ripped dudes okay but what if <laughs> oh man uh, I, we've been talking I, about it for I, weeks i'd pre-order that honestly we'd have a spoiler cast for it and it would come out <laughs> 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 oh my god damn biggest dunk of the night uh anyway uh next up on the list we have some arkham city news uh that's not well, the right tab no no it's no, Gotham Knights. you didn't read the article big fella you read the title yeah. <laughs> sorry sorry i i was I, trying this, to find this is the my right fault tab. because in in the uh, uh in the docket i wrote down all you had to do was make online arkham city so i'll take the fall for that no nah, it's my bad i i had a bunch of tabs open and i just I, I read the last thing that I remember reading about this without actually just finding that article. Finally found it. Um, Gotham Knights. Uh, we've had a PS4 and Xbox One version cancelled, uh, which I 
where does that leave it? PS5, Series S and X, PC still, I guess? Because yeah. this was going to be everywhere at one stage. Yeah, yeah. except yeah, for the Nintendo well. consoles. It's coming on the Switch, but right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. next year. Next Switch, year for Switch sure. launch title. It <laughs> got from Knight's Armored Edition. Switch launch title. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, they just I, don't I, announce a Nintendo game. They just only release it with this. <laughs> I yeah th- this this is one that I'm quietly keeping my eye on because I'm I'm interested in what this one's going for. I uh, was is... and then I saw this gameplay demo and it's like yeah. they made all the wrong decisions for me. Oh, yeah. yeah, it did look kind of well, cool, but now gameplay it's demo shit. yet. The, the oh, theory, in theory, it's good. It, it was theory, a great idea good. that could have been really fun, and they're like, "What if we put Destiny things into it?" And I'm sitting here oh. like, no, no, I don't want that. I don't want armor slots and perks on the characters. All I want to do was have an online Arkham game. Mm. On the, pi- the plus side, the pre-order that I'm not going to do comes with a pretty cool looking motorbike. It does, <laughs> yes. <laughs> the uh, gameplay looks shit, as, but the motorbike looks pretty cool. Is it, as far as motorbikes go, it, it does look very good. It's an in-game bike, but it's a bat cycle skin. I mean, yeah, you're not going yeah. to pre-order a game for, what, $100 and get a motorbike. I would pre-order so many copies of that game. <laughs> no, I didn't know if it was like a statue or something. Like it's. Um... Oh no 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 no! no I like a skin. Mm. The collector's mm. edition is only two hundred and ninety-nine dollars and ninety-nine cents US. So that's right up your alley, isn't it, Steve? <laughs> that's yeah, too cheap. Who, who's for me. in? Um, what does it come with, but? Uh, the deluxe edition comes with an augmented reality collectible pin, sixteen-page media book, exclusive Gotham City map, and four character statue dioramas. I, I want you to know, I am so certain that four-character statue diorama is going to be made of cardboard. Oh, it will be. Oh, have you Maybe guys seen the Batman Beyond skins for this game, by the way? No. I have not. I'll be no. quite honest with you. Give me one second. Yeah, let's pull up the thing that people can't see so that we can talk I, about I can, it. I can put it <laughs> Yo, into- Yo, no way. Can, <laughs> okay, so- You forget this is also a somewhat uh, video podcast that I can insert images into, and I'm totally not just talking to fill the time while I- Look for this picture Note, that is I'll, currently I'll, not coming up for me. I'll fill the time. So that collector's edition you were talking about, Josh, it is mm-hmm. two ninety nine American. It is four ninety nine Australian. Oh, oh that's my. not very uh, exchange rate friendly. Um, that, <laughs> that's, that's, that's no that's, longer chilling. That's in my price range. I will be oh, five hundred dollars. <laughs> I will pre order that momentarily. Yeah, it's how much it's going to DB Games. Um, <laughs> I think the only game what that the- I've pre-ordered and not regretted that came with something was Skyrim because I wanted the cloth map and it was cool. It was a very cool map. The cloth maps How came with all it? copies of the game. You didn't have to pre-order it for it. How oh. in any way is that collector's edition worth nearly $500? Oh, it's, it's definitely not. It, look, inflation's hitting everybody, right? <laughs> <laughs> the factory in Ukraine's not doing so well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> true, true. So I found the picture finally. Um, so oh, yeah. you guys know the Batman Beyond skin, uh, like design, right? How it's like very smooth mm-hmm. and slender and very not, um, not detailed. I have a vague recollection yeah. of it. Yes. Uh, here is the Batman Beyond skins for this game, where for some reason they look like um Power Deadpool. Rangers, basically. They do oh, look like Power Rangers. A, the picture that it does look that Batgirl is wearing a latex bodysuit. With cat ears, um, and that's probably what it is. Let's let's be honest, fellas. Why is she holding a police beat stick? Because her dad's a <laughs> t- cop. Do you know the law? Her dad's Commissioner Gordon. 
It's Barbara yeah. Gordon. It's before the accident, so she's not Oracle yet. No, no, this is after the accident. Bro, uh, her, the character bio, her character bio came out and they said, basically, um, after Gordon's death, she just trained really hard to fix her broken back. Oh, yeah, I'm sure that's how it works. She did five push-ups and that's all it took to fix her back. Broken back from carrying the 499 <laughs> It's that um, image of Kim Kardashian go get your ass up and go to work. <laughs> that that AR collectible pen just allows you to see the AR way her back's not broken from paying five hundred bucks for it. Um anyway. Uh I think we're that's probably we're gonna leave discussion on that. Um, that's look a shame. bad though. I'll- Actually, yeah, actually, there's I'll, one I'll more thing the, I want to point out for Gotham Knights. Yeah, sorry, yeah, right. but th- this is just like a question for you, Patrick, because like you said, you were keeping an eye out, like kind of keeping an eye out on this game. What do you think of them saying that this isn't a sequel to the um, to the Arkham games? This is a brand new uh, universe, but still in this universe, Batman is dead. So, <laughs> so it could have been a what? sequel to Arkham Knight. It sounds like it's not. Was Batman dead because of all the bugs that released in the last game that they tried to make? <laughs> Only in the PC version. No, no, it no. It was he, unplayable he got, on the PC version. He 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 got drowned by all the nine and ten out of tens they put on that fucking Arkham City. That's the game of the year where it's basically like Squidward in that episode of SpongeBob, where everything he says just turns into words in the universe. Uh, <laughs> That that's an existence I would I would hate, and I can't help but feel like that's why he died. Squidward or Batman? <laughs> Both. <laughs> Squidward's okay, right? We're gonna add another body to that list if you don't shut up, Steve. Um, next up on <laughs> on the list, uh, I'm going to jump over the Monster Hunter news because I will talk about that. Yeah, that'll be oh, our longest you, longer. You're breaking my heart. I was so ready to start yelling about how good it was. Alright, I'll take it. Got to hold off. Uh, if you want to, if you want to stick around and listen to us talk about Monster Hunter, stay on the line for another ten probably minutes. <laughs> Give it two. Uh-huh. We're not much talking to say about here. FIFA for ten minutes. <laughs> Please hey, no. This, this 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 is a big deal. Okay, you uh, played FIFA article- earlier uh, earlier this week. Yeah, you should I have a lot like, to say about this. I played two matches and was like, "This is why it was free." <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, yes, the That's- perfect Game Pass game. <laughs> it was on PlayStation, but... This yes, I know. This is news that has been reported quite widely, actually, but this is an article brought to us by Wired. Uh, we finally have a split. Biggest gargantuan dad went out for cigarettes divorce moment. EA Sports and FIFA finally splitting up after 30 years. Um, they say, don't worry, uh, they'll still get together and, and see the kids on birthdays and, and you know special events, but... Um, EA just wanted to, you know, see other options, open up the relationship a bit. I think it was more FIFA's side of things, but yeah. yeah FIFA, billion FIFA like dollars. Brought, out the, brought out the big guns and said, we're not happy with the quality, so uh, anything with the FIFA name has to be of a certain quality. I thought it was the other way. I thought it was that EA wanted to start uh, looking at pulling in other third-party groups. Was that after FIFA announced that they wanted to split? Yeah, that would have been after. Oh, mm. Okay. EA, the FIFA name alone sold so much for EA that losing it for any reason would have been a hit for them. Well, I like I mean, this quote there's... from the article. Ready? Uh, there you go. Basically, what we get from FIFA is a non-World Cup year is four letters on the front of a box in a world where most people don't even see the box anymore because they buy the game digitally. <laughs> oh, 
That's that's spicy. Uh, it's like it's them sheesh. being like, fuck off, FIFA. <laughs> We're not paying you this yeah. much every single year. Um, damn. Yeah, a, lot, a, lot of people, was... a lot of people buy FIFA every year. Uh, yeah. It's the same so thing. It's one of the biggest sellers why. in the European market on PlayStation every year. Yeah. Mm. Well, I don't um, know. There, there's an easy test to, to see if, if FIFA's the dominant one. Um, who here has played any FIFA game ever? I played I've, one on the PS1. I yeah. played yeah. a couple I, of I one this week. Yeah. Good old FIFA 99. Um, yeah, I had one for them in 64. Um, well, a couple of my mates play it, so then when they're all playing it, I'll play it, and then I get creamed, and I'm like, okay, I don't want to play anymore. <laughs> it's quite fun, like, watching them carry on, because if, like, you get beaten by, like, more than five points, you have to make a post on social media and be like, look, I apologize, I'm shit. Um, <laughs> that's actually quite do you really? that rule, huh? Yeah. yeah, some people play that rule. Oof. It's pretty funny. Um, so, uh, follow-up question. Who here has played Pro Evolution Soccer? <laughs> I've no. Evolution Soccer. I've, I know the name, but I haven't. Also, fuck Konami. <laughs> it was on. Uh, it was one of the free games on Xbox like ten years ago. So I've played it. <laughs> I don't know if PES is still going as a series, but that that was always those were always the two. Whenever I um, saw to be FIFA fair, Konami in, hasn't in made store, a game in like ten years, so it probably very likely that it isn't. Hey, look, Konami used to make games. Now they make pachinko machines. That's that's all they do. <laughs> Oh, I think hold, they on, hold on, hold on, hold on. They made Pez Mobile 2021. Sorry, what? Hey, oh, wait, soccer. Go. I was thinking Pez Dispensers. I was like, it's a Pez Dispenser mobile game? Like, what? <laughs> Still got gacha mechanics. It dispenses your own Pez and it's got gacha mechanics. <laughs> Credit card goes in, Pez comes out. <laughs> the last one was um, 2019 for Pro Evolution yeah, so Soccer. I, I'll, I'll uh, be honest. I, um... I do find it funny that every year someone like the head of, you know, FIFA, the brand or whatever the fuck will stand up at like E3 or whatever, I guess, Keel E3 now. Uh, and well, <laughs> not, maybe not anymore, but talk about how this year it's ugh, fucking, you, you notice that thing in marketing where every year has to be the best thing ever. Like, yeah, I know that we stood up on the stage and said that last year's game was the best game ever, but I've come here to tell you that that was a lie. This year's game is the best game ever. We've got more simulations and people do more things with their feet and the ball has more spin. And you're like, cool, I still play like shit. And when I press circle, I expect them to kick the ball really hard. Everything else just seems like fluff. <laughs> Sorry, I, I just need to insert in that while you were going through all of that, I wanted to chime in that not only does the, uh, the ball have ball physics, but so do the players. <laughs> but no i just i i totally understand why there would be an issue with people being like man why why is it that like the quality of fifa games is, is completely stagnated for the last i don't know pick a number number of years 20 years uh, i'm not saying i'm not saying we're looking for you know soccer 2 like a video game or anything but um we already have yeah, soccer 2 it's called rocket league <laughs> True. <laughs> uh, definitely feels very cash grabby and very uh, big marketing thing. Uh, you know, every year is the best year ever, even though you know that next year is going to be better than the current year because otherwise, what are you doing? So, Sorry, just to be clear, Patrick, are you saying that a company like EA might involve in some kind of predatory practices, especially in a European market where they may or may not be being sued for predatory practices. I don't know, man. That doesn't sound right to me. Yeah, I don't know, man. Something's going to up here. Yeah. Uh, I would like to apologize for my uh, co-host's slanderous insinuation on the part of EA. Uh, I, for one, 
am a big fan of FIFA, uh, the franchise, and particularly their ultimate football team that causes me and my family to go hungry every month for trying to get Diego Maradona as a card, even though that's no longer possible due to ongoing legal disputes between his family and EA Sports in general. Um, so uh, with that, um, any other thoughts on this? I find it kind of funny, honestly. I have something yeah. we need to add in right before the Monster Hunter stuff. Sorry. Something breaking just happened. Well, there's a, a few Are they stories. Making left, a Rayman but... Origins 2, because then I will backtrack my statement on, on EA. <laughs> <laughs> That's Ubisoft. <laughs> oh, is it usually? That's the other dog shit so company. Yeah, look, they're basically the same. Yeah, just one's French. <laughs> what are you trying okay. to say, Nicole? <laughs> get him out of here, get him out of here. That's the only uh that's the only thing that separates them. One is French, one is American. Anyway, what was the breaking news, Seth? Um, so breaking news uh from Bethesda. I'm sorry, lads, but uh they've just announced that they've um come to the, deci- the decision to delay the launches of Redfall and Starf- uh, Starfield to the fi- first half of 2023. I'm shocked. God damn it! The teams are we at surprised. Ar- <laughs> everyone knew this. Yeah, everyone knew this. It's it's not shocking in the least, but it the announcement is out now. There was still hope. <laughs> oh well, we'll still start. I'd rather have a complete game. Yeah. I will see it. Hopefully, it's just as good as Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. That was that's that's fine that, now, right? So that, oh that's, man, that that's digging a, a shallow grave. <laughs> Stop it! It's already dead. <laughs> I don't know. I Ar- Arcane I does good games, so whatever they're doing is exciting. Great series too. We need to play those. Um, I have two things that I want to, uh, to mention that it. are not quite news that I just thought were interesting tidbits that popped up on my social feed today. Um, right, on. One is that oh, yesterday wow. was the 17th anniversary of the Leroy Jenkins video, which is a classic. Leroy Jenkins. Yeah. So yeah. It doesn't start feeling old about it until it breaks 20. I mean, so on the know, other I'm hand, feeling of that, it at 17. <laughs> so speaking of turning 20. It was the 24th anniversary of the Western release of Gran Turismo today. I don't know. You don't really feel that one until it turns 30. I don't know, man. I, I, like, yeah, the Car- fact that, cars like, have always existed. Who cares? <laughs> cars the movie or Cars the product? Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay, cool. Most of the time. I'm going to have a quick nap. Uh, Wake me up when we've got the audience question. <laughs> Everyone just ditch him. It'll make the podcast shorter. <laughs> uh, so we hinted at it last week we had a fairly big news drop uh, the, the 10th of May uh, news drop for Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak uh, I as much as I wanted to stay up and watch it live was not willing to sacrifice a productive day uh, the next day so could not stay up till 2am for it to start and then the presumably hour or so it took to deliver the news uh, after that uh, and then the two we- hours after that's just Filled with excitement, talking about it with everyone that will listen. Yep, and not and then people who won't as well. But we got, we got news. Oh man, I am. I wait, am... wait, wait! But before we dig into this, did did we all watch the trailer? Did you watch it, Stephen? No. Oh. He he said to okay. wake him up when uh, Monster Hunter World Two gets announced. Um, yeah, fair, really. Yeah, see, yeah, <laughs> I don't know my Monster Hunter. Your sun breaks and your. Dawn rises. Okay, sorry. Continue. It's just basically a Twilight franchise at this point. <laughs> Ooh, damn! I'm gonna need you to take that back. <laughs> I, I would like to, but it's not in my nature. Yeah, it, <laughs> so, it, it sorry, man. I got, I got to revoke your Monster Hunter pass. 
oh no, that's the only pass I had left. Return to the guild hall and collect mushrooms. Um, what happened to I'm your N-word to Did you use that already? Okay, go on. Oh you, I, I avoid this one. Avoid this one. That is... Oh. <laughs> Moving swiftly along. Goddamn, uh, son. We, we got quite a bit of news. So, uh, Josh, you and I are probably the most excited for this. Um, Seth, Ex- I... Excuse I, me? I'm, I'm sure you're reasonably excited, but you wanted to derail us with stupid nonsense uh, talking points. That's fine. Josh, what was your favorite part of this news drop? Honestly, despite everything as, as being as cool as it is, the music for the new flagship dragon is awesome. It's so good. Okay. It's so fucking good. As, as weird as that is, because there's so much cool gameplay stuff that is in this trailer, the music for the Elder Dragon is fucking sick. It is so good. Um, Wait, Elder Dragon? Is this Skyrim? What the fuck? <laughs> Yes. Go the, the name sleeping, of, uh, to, to give a name to it, the name of the Elder Dragon is Malzeno. Yeah, Malzeno, Malzino. yeah. No, Malzeno. Malzino. <laughs> <laughs> um, which for Stevens and everyone that hasn't seen the trailer's uh, information is basically an Elder Dragon of death, basically, and is a vampire, which is fucking cool. It is so cool. It, it got it introduced it's- with it, like, biting on a Rathalos's neck and draining the life force out of it. That is sick. Mm. It is cool. It's kind of annoying that we're doing the same thing as Pokemon of like, you know, we can't have Elder Dragons of everything. So we're starting to overlap responsibilities. Uh, yeah, uh, they, they kind of dug themselves an early grave with the Elder Dragon thing, though. A little bit. So, like, I'm, I'm bit. sure, you know, you know like Val- Valhazak is going to get out of his little Toyota Corolla at work and then he's going to go to his desk and there's going to be a Malzeno uh, at his desk and they'll be like, hey, man, God of Death. You're like, yeah, God of Death. And they'll be like, oh, that's awkward. Well, I think. Obviously, they overlap, but um, Valhazak was much more of around, like, death and decay, whereas this is more, like, life through death kind of thing. So, I I don't know. They are definitely overlapping catastrophes. I also want want to point out that they had four key words when designing this... Uh, this uh, oh, the Elder Dragon. Excellent. They, they were, but um, I'm going to say them from back to front because I need to end with the first one they said. Uh, so <laughs> the, the four key words are cunningness, nobility, grandeur, and the, my favorite one is aristocracy. That is such a fucking <laughs> key word to use for a dragon. I cannot That's believe great. it and I love it so much. Mind you, they were talking about this with the not, not only the four key words of designing this dragon, but while overlaying it on concept art in a 100% serious tone. It's I, excellent. I also, I'm also taking a picture of the concept art because I'm going to post, uh, I'm going to put it on the video version of the uh, podcast. But I, I just want you guys to look at the, uh, the top right face on this, um, on this picture. It's fantastic. Oh, that is an excellent picture. It looks so sassy and gay. <laughs> it I love just, it. It's just pointing to itself like me. Can we also talk about the fact that this dragon has a permanent popped collar? Yeah. <laughs> that is also fantastic. It's yeah. so cool. I didn't get uh, it. Anyway. Right. So, uh, big fan of uh, Melzeno and the music. Seth, your favorite part of this? Uh, the fact that they just turned Monster Hunter into Stranger of Paradise, I will not explain. Just stop this. You said it like four times and no one agrees with you. Stop. <laughs> Seth joins, uh, jo- joins podcast discussion, tells everyone that Sunbreak is just like Stranger of Paradise, refuses to elaborate, leaves. To be fair, it's I like haven't exactly left that, yet. But without the Chad moment. <laughs> <laughs> I guess um, if I guess if you want me to explain, is it's a switch skill system. Basically, uh, 
the armor. You can equip two loadouts before a hunt and freely swap between them to the point where they have like a dodge mechanic that uh, switches your skills uh, skill sets as you're dodging out of the way, and that just seems like such a great addition to the game. I think it's important to note that that it's a loadout for just your your switch skills, not complete loadout. So yeah, no, you're just not a complete loadout. Skills. It's just for your skill sets. Yeah. Which is still very cool because the switch skills were very interesting, but so limiting. It was like, oh, cool, I'll run this one and I guess I'll just ignore the others. So being able to have multiple of them and being able to swap them up is definitely a good change. And being able to switch between a gun lance that flies all over the map and then a gun lance that's actually made for combat. <laughs> yeah. In saying is that, I still fly around the monster wouldn't? no matter what. Yeah, would would you not take blast dash or something? I don't I don't understand. <laughs> it's just two skill sets <laughs> with blast dash on them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be excellent. Well, I mean, it, you have two skills that you it looked like it, at least in the trailer that, or the I don't know if you call it a trailer. I guess it's a trailer. Um, it would, they had um, like two slots for the two switch skills, so you could keep blast dash and swap the other one. So yeah. Um, some other stuff that they introduced that I thought was very cool, which I'm sure Patrick will agree with, because I think we mentioned this when they announced Sunbreak originally, is that the areas themselves look much more detailed and fleshed out than anything else in Rise. The Citadel. Yeah, like, yeah, basically, yeah, um... The one I new map they're adding. I'm so nervous It's got, nervous like, so many it, different though. biomes in it, That's the problem. Yeah. I'm so nervous because of how good it looks, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to the Citadel and be like, oh man, this place is so amazing. And then go literally anywhere else and be like, this is shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're going to end up living in that map instead. Yeah, probably. And of course they added Master Rank, so that's really good. Keen yep. for that. Um, hey, they showed us some of that. the new abilities of Master Rank uh, monsters as well that were in Rise. So that's cool. We were surprised that they did that. They often do that. Uh, G-Rank has often got an, uh, an enhanced skill set that monster, well, like an, an enhanced moveset for monsters in previous hmm. games. It's the first time I've seen them outwardly mention and show off some of them in a trailer, though. I, I, they could have showed them off in others, but I don't remember them doing so. For them to go out of their way and be like, hey, th look at this. These are cool. I was like, oh, that's cool. Mm. Um, also, the, uh, what do they call it? Blood Blight, I think it blood was. Blight. Yeah, the Blood Blight. That's really special. cool, too. Although it looks like it will be hell to deal with. It's pretty oh, yeah. cool. <laughs> that's, uh, is that just like bleed damage? Pretty much. Uh, yeah, pretty, pretty it, much. Yeah, yeah, it's just specific for the dragon, and they described it as like you're in a life or death uh, uh, struggle with the dragon, and if um if it gets off the blood blight, then it powers up. Yeah, so basically, mm, okay. like it'll sort of take off like a chunk of your health and leave like you know how in Monster Hunter you have like the temporary red health that you can regenerate. Uh, uh, you yeah, have yeah, to yeah. you have to hit it enough times or do enough damage to the dragon that you outpace that, and then if yep. you don't outpace it, yeah, it powers up. It absorbs so the life force of the hunter. Apparently. It's a lot like, or it's a it's a similar kind of thing to the Gormagala slash uh, Shigaru Gormagala. Um, oh, shoot. It was the debuff. I don't remember the name of it. Where you got debuffed with it and your health would slowly tick down. But if you did enough damage to Gormagala slash Shigaru Gormagala, uh, you would... Uh, I think Frenzy. I think it was Frenzy. Might have been called Frenzy. Where uh, if you did enough damage to the monster, you would overcome Frenzy and then it would increase your attack for a period of time. So it was kind of like a risk reward thing. You could either eat a Nullberry and get rid of the Frenzy, or you could attack through it and then hope that you, could, that you can get off enough damage to come out the other side of it, and then you've got an attack buff for another, like, you know, a couple minutes. Uh, really cool mechanic. Glad that they're bringing mm. something similar back uh, like that to Bloodlight. I am so keen that we finally get my boy Steve back. Seregios is <laughs> making a return. I thought you were going to say the Lava Seoth 2. 
<laughs> what? <laughs> because that's exactly what I said when I was watching the trailer. <laughs> say, oh, yeah. Um, I was like, oh, good. We get another like magma fish that we can all ignore. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, I, I, on the, on the trailer, I actually thought they were just bringing, um, uh, Ak Aknaktor. I thought they were bringing Aknaktor in, which, uh, I don't actually remember if it's in Rise or not, uh, by default, but, uh, no, the trailer showed off, uh, Magma Almadron, uh, which is a variant of Almadron, which is new for Rise. So that's cool. But Seregios, um, Seregios is an old, old now, man, I feel old talking about him. Uh, first All right, debut in down. Monster Hunter 4, I think. <laughs> Uh, and he, have you guys played against Seregios? Have you guys I seen haven't. or heard much about this? I no. don't know anything about it. Is that it. the one where it threw the, uh, the sharp spines at people? Is that the one that they were talking about for that? Yes. Was, yeah. yeah so, okay. He looks really cool though. Yeah. So I, not he, only he looks great he, in the presentation, but I haven't actually fought against it in one of the older games. Not only is he really cool because he's, he's basically an angry pinecone, uh, in terms of design <laughs> when he, when pine he gets mad, all his- <laughs> All his, all his scales puff up. Really cool design. I really like it. But uh, his weapons. So in all previous games where he's made an appearance, uh, his weapons have a special thing on them because the whole way to fight Steve. Steve is a very nimble, uh, a ver yeah, a very fast, nimble wyvern that does bleed damage when the spines stick you. And so what they gave him was that all of the weapons that you make from his material regain their sharpness when you dodge enough. Ooh, that's cool. That's pretty cool. That's not, really not, cool. Not, not back to full, but just a little bit. So what the uh, really overpowered combo used to be was back in 4 Ultimate. God, I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> um, back in 4 Ultimate, when you were at G rank, at the top end of G rank, you could get a fully upgraded Seregios horn, which one of the songs that it could play was uh, earplugs. No, not earplugs. Um, stamina reduction. Um, yeah, stamina negation. So your stamina never dropped. Uh, obviously movement speed up because it's a hunting horn. Mind's eye because it's a hunting horn. Uh, attack up and defense up, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure those were the three. But you could also imbue it with uh, healing overcharge, which meant that damage that you did would restore your health. So you would use this horn. And because it was a Steve horn and you had infinite stamina, you would just roll constantly and whack monsters. And you would have full stamina, full health, full sharpness at all times. You never needed to put the weapon away. It was glorious. That's so cool. Yeah. No, the, the Steve weapons are sick. And I, I love... Um, Seregios was a barrier monster in Monster Hunter 4. So it felt impactful when you, when you overcame the barrier and got past him. And I now... I've fought so many of them over my <laughs> career, if that's the word for it that I just look forward to fighting him again because it's, it's been a while. It's, it's been a while since I've fought him and I, I kind of miss him. He's, he's really fun. He's a really cool monster. Um, as we mentioned, Magma Almadron got revealed, but we also have another couple of variants. Uh, Aurora Somnacanth, uh, an ice variant to Somnacanth, looks quite sick. Um, we already Hopefully knew he about, gets well um, soon. Yeah, there we go. We already <laughs> knew about uh, Blood Orange Bashatan coming from an earlier drop. Uh, Shogun Senator, I've heard some people kind of hum and har about. Uh, that's kind of cool that he's back. Um, he wasn't a huge deal. He's just kind of like crab people incarnate, King Crabman. Um, but Astalos <laughs> getting, getting revealed as, as coming back is also really cool because Astalos, um, Astalos is a lot like Seregios. Uh, doesn't have the same weapon effect, but just a very similar design. I really like uh, Astalos. 
Um, and I think his Japanese name is Ryzax, which I think is just cooler than Astalos. That so is really cool, yeah. Every every so often I just swap between it, like, you know, Ryzax and Astalos, both great names, but yeah, I I am so hyped. <laughs> <laughs> Some other stuff that oh we haven't mentioned God. yet is that you're, I assume this is going to be single player only, but you can also have followers now, uh, so the two twins oh, yes, are joining you are- with a whole bunch of others. Yeah, these are confirmed single player quests. Um, they are confirmed single player now? Okay, yep, yeah, cool. So they will follow you and you can do sort of quests for your followers uh, to add a bit more content into the game. And each uh, one of those has a different weapon. And I think there were yeah. seven total. Should um, yeah, That sounds about right. But it should also yeah. be added. These these aren't just random followers. These are like story. So this this is like the twins from Kimura Village and stuff. These are like uh, yeah. story people that go with you uh, on these quests. So kind of like when they get dropped into the um, uh, Rampage where you get to use them, you're like Elder Fugan and stuff, uh, for like a one-shot, but these are slightly longer quest-driven things with these people, so yeah, this really is, cool idea. This is the other reason mm. why it's similar to Stranger of Paradise, because you're getting get party members coming along with your quests now. Uh, Alright, on that note- You done? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Surprisingly, no. <laughs> <laughs> they also showed off like, um, I don't know what to call it other than like, British people. <laughs> <laughs> there was like a whole bunch of like British influence the on British. their uniforms and yeah. no the British comes to Japan. They've got no um, teeth. No, Coming no, to we're a actually going to Britain. That's yeah, we're going problem. to Britain basically. Yeah, yeah that's like there's a castle and stuff. sword and shield. Yes. Um, no, that, isn't, it, isn't that <laughs> but, Scotland? But the, but, but the Pokemon no, and sword the, and shield are uh, all wrestlers. Pokemon, yeah, Pokemon sword UK. and shield is the entirety of the UK. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, um, true. Except for Ireland. <laughs> Ireland don't want to be part of the UK, so there's a whole discussion that, that, about that one. Ireland is about to the, take um, over the UK, but that's world politics. We can get into some other time, <laughs> not on the podcast. Uh, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Ireland was actually represented in Sword and Shield. That was Balloonlia. Balloonlia. <laughs> <laughs> so dark. What? Huh? <laughs> that's so good, but I hate it. Um, anyway. Um, yeah, so they announced that there was the followers. They look really cool. I assume they have their own quest line and it's not just a one-off quest, the, the, the deal that they were making about it. Um, they added a whole bunch of like, sort of like British military looking uniforms and weapons and stuff like that. And then some really weird like Power Ranger looking shit. <laughs> I don't really know what to call it, but the those designs that I think it might've even been a pre-order bonus for the costumes. Seth, Seth might know, uh, but they were really strange. Oh, uh, what's this about uh, pre-order costumes? Was it pre-order costumes that look like they were like 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 spiky Power Rangers? <laughs> uh yeah, I think so. Actually, um, uh, the uh, because the amiibo one is that oh, vampire yeah, looking uh, yeah. costume. The amiibo yeah. ones look very cool. Uh, they've it's also true. added the um the cat and the so as a palico, and I think there's a Palamute skin as well for the Monsanto Rise. Uh, not Monsanto Stories Two people, sorry, into Monsanto yes, Rise. There is. Yeah. So that's cool. Um, there wasn't too much else. They just kind of showed off a whole huge amount of the new monsters and wasn't everyone's like, Master Rank, else. yeah. Well, I mean, it was like a 14-minute, I think, video or 17-minute video 16. or something like that. 16-minute video, yeah. Um, and all of it was, like, jam-packed and all of it was very good. Uh, it, was but it, about, was like, it was about 12 or so minutes of um, information for Sunbreak and then, like, three or four minutes of um, them telling you about the product details, like... How much it's going to be? How do you buy it? Here's the pre-order bonuses. Yeah, That's we're adding a pack to buy the good. two kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but all of it was like pretty jam-packed. 
the monsterhunter.com website, like for Sunbreak, is just really nice. I haven't, I haven't actually looked actually. at it yet. I I really like it. I'll just I'll just drop a random page, uh, just because this is one that I prepared earlier. But uh, I'm a, I'm a I'm a massive fan of how they've done this website design. Yeah, we we can share that as well, I guess, on the, on the socials. But oh, that looks very good, actually. Oh, I like that a lot. Okay, right. yeah, we don't need to talk about things that people can't see though. But yeah, no, Man, it if, looks very. If you're cool. not here for the live show, you're missing out. <laughs> One of the things as well that um, actually is on this website that I didn't realize from the the trailer, so I might have missed it. You no longer have to wire dash in order to initiate a wall run. Thank fuck. That was the worst part of the <laughs> that, entire game. That is actually Thank such a nice God that's repairs. Oh, it's yeah. so much better. Oh, I think I complained about it multiple times. <laughs> How do you feel that that's that that's premium DLC? I, I I don't care. <laughs> as long as it's fixed. <laughs> it's I better mean, than it I'm, never being I, fixed. I'm going to buy it, but it's going to be really funny if that's not like... Because they, they are doing... We spoke about this ages ago now. We are wrapping up this discussion, I swear. Sorry, Steve. Um, they, they talked about this ages ago, where um, there are a lot of just little improvements and bits and pieces coming with the launch of Sunbreak, even if you don't buy Sunbreak itself. And so Ooh, something Same like thing happened for Iceborne with World. Yes, so. it, it did. It did. But something like improved wall running... I, I think would be hilarious if it was specifically linked to buying Sunbreak. <laughs> God, I would hate that so much, though. I would, I would be annoyed, <laughs> but it's still Monster Hunter, so I wouldn't be that annoyed. Like, I'm going to buy it regardless. Yeah, so also, I've already Also, Patrick, it. on this page, uh, something that we talked about in an earlier episode that we can now, like, talk about properly because it's been officially shown is, um, it, remember that clip we were talking about of the T-Grex getting pulled into a wall? It that's looks like, so good. Yeah, that's being shown to be like a new uh, bug that you Endemic can pick up life. called the Marionette Spires. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. That's, that's like just a follow up from like 10 episodes ago. Uh, it's, it seems yeah. like a bug you can pick up on the field and then attach it to a monster to pull it somewhere. Mm, they've I actually am. added a whole bunch of new helpers. So keen for Sunbreak. Man. Oh. I hope everyone's ready to hear us talk about it for three weeks. <laughs> when is it coming? Sorry. That's all I'm going to be playing for three weeks. Uh, June, shoot. Uh, uh, I think it was 24. June, shoot. Hang on. When, when I, me, I put a shoe on, what? Let me, let me double check. I'm pretty sure it was 24. Coming June 30. 30. June 30? Oh, man, I was, yeah. hoping, I was hoping it was earlier, apparently. Anyway, <sighs> I think that's pretty well wrapped up the news. Anything else you want to add, uh, Seth? Uh, yeah, um, uh, now that Monster Hunter is confirmed to be a big fan of uh, Stranger of Paradise, I think I win our hypotheticals podcast. What? I, I know where you live, mate. <laughs> are you having a stroke? <laughs> what, what are you talking? What do you mean you win? I don't understand. I don't think anyone understands what you're talking about, Seth. You're having a stroke, uh, though. You know what? Yeah. I looked at. Um, I went to EV Games today while I was waiting for my doctor's appointment. Going, oh, maybe Doesn't there'll be a physical game sale, right? No, no, no. I want to. I want to mention this. So, Stranger <laughs> of Paradise was a hundred dollars. Still, Worth. after everything it's been through for a physical copy from EV Games. Worth. How is that worth a hundred dollars? It's such a good game. Worth. <laughs> But yeah, I was, I was alluding to the fact that uh, Patrick and I have joked about doing a Tiny Tina versus uh, Stranger of Paradise podcast. If if and there was how? like, yeah, it, and um, it, it was like the one week where it was like Josh and Steve look like they're not showing up. Should we do that? Mm. I am very and, uh, sorry how, to those how... listeners that have to listen to that. Yeah, me too. It, it never happened <laughs> because we... uh, Steve did show up. That's yeah, true. no, that's and what I'm saying. We, like, we also found. I'm apologizing. That there was a. 
a ton of overlap in the end game because it was basically identical. Yeah. <laughs> what, you mean disappointing DLC? No, wow. Chaos Mode. Oh, Shinder Paradise still, hasn't had any I'm DLC. still sore about that. Thanks, Josh. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, anyway, I think that brings us to the end of news for this week. Uh, yeah, usually excited for Sunbreak. Cannot wait. Uh, audience question for this week. Uh, I just pull it up. There it is. Um, so, Dan writes in. He says, Hey, Kings. Me again. Thanks for your advice on games for couples slash games for non-gamers. I'm uh, going to skip ahead a little bit. Uh, basically, just talks about how amazing we are, how you know we saved this relationship, all the usual stuff. That's fine. Cheers, Dan. Um, the question is, my question for this week, how do you think video game culture has changed over the years, and do you think those changes have been for the better? Oh. <laughs> There's so much to dig into that. But uh, do you want to hit the bonus question now as well, or should yeah, we wait for after we hit the main question? Wait, hang on, let me, just, uh, let me just mute myself. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> all right, go. I feel like that's a bonus question for one of us in particular. Yeah, we can we can hit it after the main question. So uh, for the main question, uh, it's so much more uh, live service has become a massive thing now, and I hate that so much. Um, always uh, games needing to constantly check in online, having some sort of uh, like currency DRM. system or Ugh. like weekly rewards or weekly missions and battle passes. So things to work towards and like little keep you in in into the game for as long as possible by little naggy features i, I hate it so culture. much that's the culture of development mm, uh, that's what i was gonna say been, too do you think there's been any change in culture of how people approach games in recent years well, I'd say um, definitely. There's there's people that have gone into the side of being fans of the live service culture that's because they've got to be doing something right if people are doing it, but I feel like it's only really Fortnite that's hit that, and it's a lot of younger players that are like really into Fortnite that are uh, that are into that type of um, live service system. No, I'd say it's even more. It's it's more about on the casualization of games as a whole, like not just Fortnite. Like you got your Apexes, you got your Call of Duties, you got people that were like they only pick up um, Amogus. With that too as well. That's pretty <laughs> sus. Sussy bucker. Um, uh, remember when Fall Guys was a hit for a month? Yeah, see, yep. and you've got, you've got all of that kind of stuff where some people pick up that games. also a live service game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when people pick up games casually and they only want to play either with their friends or only play like for half an hour, an hour, or maybe even a couple of hours a week, which is I'm playing for a couple of hours like every time I wake up. Um, got to get that fixed, right? So I, it's more about not uh, some people sort of have their niche, whether it be Call of Duty or Halo or Fortnite, and they do enjoy playing it, and they probably do play it with their friends, and they probably are pretty good at it because they've put so many hours into it. Like it's the same thing that happened with like Dota and um, League of Legends. Like so many people put so many hours into that, and it was the only game that they played because all of their friends was playing it. And you mentioned Call of Duty, and Call of Duty's been around, like, in that sort of headspace since, I want to say, Modern Warfare 2, maybe even earlier. Yeah, mm. definitely. Like, I remember me and my high school also friends. Modern Warfare 1. Yeah. It yeah. Would be me and my high yeah. school friends used to play, at lunchtime, we would play Call of Duty, like, just sitting down. Like, it, it was wild. And I only played it because I didn't think it was a good game. Like, I hated FPSs at the time, but I only played it because all my friends were playing it. So, I'm going to mention... Uh, my, my opinion, but I'm going to start it in a in a really cringe way. Um, so, like everything I say, 
Um, but I think that video game culture has changed in the same way that like anime and a whole bunch of other one of those sort of like <laughs> less yeah, popular cultures have changed. No, no, no. So there's the cringe, right? But in, <laughs> in, the, in the way that, especially in the last couple of years, the consumption of digital media and the expansion of the internet like, ex- like, and the speed availability in general overall has really made people consume a lot more online media and then talk about it with people, not necessarily in their physical friend groups, but then change the culture online about it as well. So you'll have like things like a Facebook page dedicated to a very particular game uh, development or whatever, like it might be a Call of Duty group or whatever. That as a concept didn't exist six or seven years ago. And you wouldn't have like like a Twitter account talking about one specific thing or whatever and talking about like updates or leaks around like these these one types of games. Like the general availability in gen like overall in the internet and the level of people talking about that online rather than just with their physical friends has dramatically increased so i think that's really changed the way that people address video games as a whole like you wouldn't you wouldn't say just like if you said to someone like i spent all my time playing video games 10 years ago when i was still in high school they'd be like why and just kind of laugh at you but if they said oh like you know my hobby is playing video games to someone today they'd be like oh cool what kind of games do you play or whatever i used to play among us with my friends i used to play whatever Wordle was another great example of a video game. Is that Wordle a video game? Up. It is a video game. It's as much as it, it doesn't fit as the trope of yeah, the video it's game. True. It's a video game. Yeah. Same as like Candy Crush, like the wide variety of games and just the way that they've been approached and just standardized in media all around the world has changed the way that everyone looks at them. So it's very different now compared to what it was like five, ten years ago, even two years ago before the pandemic. Yeah, that's true. The pan- yeah, you're right. The pandemic did change a lot of things. Um, mm. And there's still a lot of like, oh, what did you get up to on the weekend? Oh, yeah, sort of just hung at home. Like, I won't say like, I won't. Oh, unless I know the person plays video games. Like, I'm not going to be up to my manager. Oh, yeah, like a- I was up all night playing Elden Ring. And man, that boss is shitty. And he'd look at me and be like, what the fuck are you talking about, big fella? We've got work to do. <laughs> um, I'm being polite. Oh, you don't work here anymore. <laughs> Steven, so- How do you keep getting in? <laughs> Steven, I told you, go away. <laughs> you gotta retain your laptop. No, um, but you are right. Yeah, it's it's it is a lot more. I hate to say this word. It is it's a lot more accepting online to sort of talk with people, but at the same time, the discussion online about video games is literally it's pretty toxic. <laughs> you literally like so. I, as soon as I play a video game, I'll jo- I'll join the Facebook group to see some funny memes. And all it is is saying, "Oh, if you did something this way, you didn't play the game properly." Or <laughs> are you part of yeah. out group? Ha ha ha! You bad. It's literally yeah. and it's like, "Oh, you play a game this way. Well, I play a game a different way. So therefore, you can't be doing it right." It's like, well, "What do you mean? We're both playing the yes. same game. How can we doing it wrong?" You're, you're having fun wrong. Yeah, yeah exactly. And that's, and that's all it comes down to. Like. It, whether you see you, it you as- summoned in this Radan fight, you didn't win. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you! How are you supposed what to you win that fight without summons? Of thing. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, like that—that that is a concept didn't exist a couple years back. Yeah, like, it was more. I about- mean, maybe like a few years back. But if you're going like six or seven years back, like there wouldn't be a group, or it would be very small, and just yeah, I don't know. It's just very strange to see the way that it's changed. Yeah, and maybe that's because as society's gone more of. Um, you can say whatever you want online because you're not going to get someone punch you in the in the head. Um, <laughs> a lot of people online maybe deserve one or two hits. It's working out well for this podcast so far. 
I haven't been punched on this podcast yet. Um, Not yet. <laughs> There's still time. I just got a bunch of white powder in the mail before. <laughs> <laughs> Feeling a bit dizzy. Remember, since- <laughs> remember, remember to breathe in real deep. <laughs> but yeah, like it, you are right. Like the discussion around video games is good and you can also see, well, look at what we're doing. We're talking about video games right now. That's good. But it's how people talk about video games is bad. And that's probably the culture and the gatekeeping is, is or you're not a real gamer unless you play 1,000 hours of Dark Souls 1 blindfolded with the Donkey Kong bongo drums. Like it's, it's good because it gets people involved, but there's also the toxic top layer of elitism and gatekeeping, which is probably the negative mm. part on it, which is what you get because more people are just getting into it. Yeah. Even streaming is like something that like people making careers off playing games 10 years ago is not not something that ever would have happened now it's i wouldn't say it's common there are many different examples that you can point to that just wouldn't have existed without the the culture growing and adapting in the last couple of years well yeah you look at like what kids want to be when they grow up now and they all say like twitch stream or youtuber i remember when i i remember and i will never forget until the day i die die, back in your day well it's the most fucking cringeworthy thing i've ever done so in year six we had to write down what we wanted to be when we left school Oh um, God! And You're we had to sex like, even. Yeah, we had to. So like it's, 2000, it's 2006. Um, you've been asked. I, I think you had to draw it as well. So I drew the Nintendo logo, and I drew the picture of. <laughs> I drew it on a building, and I drew me out the front of the building, like me working for Nintendo. And they put it on the overhead projector at the end of year assembly. <laughs> oh no! And I was like, God! I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely going to work for Nintendo, and then. Proceeded to not do anything video game related. <laughs> video games are for fun. They're not for work. Because if you do your fun for work, it's no longer fun. It's work. Um, it's true. Yeah. I have fun at work. Well, do you work in you don't animate in your you. spare time constantly, do you? You wouldn't say that it's your primary hobby. That is also true. Yeah. <laughs> Look, as long as you wake up in the morning and you don't blow your brains out, that's a, um, <laughs> that's a success. You're doing better than that's, that's a low bar, Steve. You got to do what you got to so do to get that. that not all of us are reaching, Patrick, okay? Um, <laughs> you you got to so, make that bread somehow. <laughs> what about you, Patrick? We haven't heard from you yet. Um, I guess we've sort of split this into two, haven't we? Yeah. Uh, on the development culture, I think it has changed. I think monetary incentive is a double-edged sword because now we have games that look at the success of live service models such as Fortnite and... GTA Online and other things that they can monetize the same content forever and ever until the end of time. And that becomes a sad emulation point for companies that want to try and recreate that. And it means that you get the double edge in that on one hand, you have so much money in the industry that there are new players entering. We got innovation. That's cool. But on the other hand, you get stuff like big players that are that have been around for a long time, like Gearbox, going and releasing what still is is shitty DLC for a fairly new game uh, almost entirely because they think they can get away with it for money because as you know as, as I pointed out with previous Borderlands games that shit just wouldn't have flown um, you know in the previous 10 years so double-edged sword on that one I don't entirely know where I land I think overall it's probably for the better because let's say every company goes to a live service model and you could say some that that's kind of what the case has been you then get a breakout um, uh, one-off that does something completely different like Elden Ring. And I hope, I hope, hope, hope that Elden Ring does so well that it makes enough money for From Software to 
be worth more than live service games because I don't want a future where every company goes, how can we do a live service game for the next title we release? And I feel like Squeenix is figuring that out now. The ships are already gone for them. They're becoming the, oh, look, don't be those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think overall I'm in favor of it. I think it is better as a result. On the gaming uh, approachability side, I don't think there's a huge amount more that I can add that hasn't been said by you three, and I broadly agree with all of it. I um, I will say that the... Uh, yeah, that there are new markets that didn't exist previously, things like casual games uh, that was brought up, like mobile games for all the shit that we give them because, you know, they're not true gamers, which they aren't, let's be real. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, things like Candy Crush did you know, are quite pivotal. And without Candy Crush, we wouldn't have gotten the best Pokemon game, Pokemon Shuffle, so... <laughs> you mean Picross, but yeah, let's get no, no, no. Okay. <laughs> uh, But yeah, I, I think uh, I think gaming as, as like, a, a subculture, or just as, as its own culture, is far more accepted now. I think that can only be a good thing because it's no longer niche. I think... Um, uh, I would hope, because I've never had issues... Uh, in in the gaming space, you know, I play games, I laugh at memes like everyone else. I know that there was the whole like Gamergate thing that was what was that now like five or six maybe longer ago, uh, and that, like that raised yeah. that that raised a whole bunch of questions about you know whether we want the push for gaming as a culture and and what that means for people that say that they are gamers, right? Like I call myself a gamer, but. I sure as fuck don't associate with that group. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah this is so, the mood. So it, it, yeah, it, it leads to questions. I think overall it is better. I think there is still a lot of work to be done because of typically sort of lingering um, holdovers from how things were done in the past. I will also say that I think now, and particularly moving forwards from now, it is easier than ever to create your own video game which is really cool. We have probably the largest volume of, I'm going to call actual indie games, not just asset asset rips that get, you know, flipped on what used to be Steam Greenlight. Thank God that trash fire has been put out. Um, mm. But uh, the accessibility for things like Unity or Unreal Engine or um, I guess those are the only two big ones, like even Game Maker Studio maybe, but uh, people that are interested, people that were interested in games 20 years ago would go to university and learn to program i guess like I, I don't know i wasn't there but i assume they would learn to program and then they would go to a game studio and and just pray that they would be picked and that they would be picked up and that that was you're now in the gaming industry congrats whereas now um people can make video games and have made video games while doing other jobs like people at university can have already made a video game people can do courses in video games i think the accessibility not only from consuming them but also producing them is a hugely underrated factor and mm -hmm. that I really do uh, think is awesome because the accessibility to produce games, I think, should be broken down as far as possible. And we get absolute gems out of nowhere, like... Um, Stardew Valley know, is an excellent example. Yes, yeah, very you know, good example. Every, everyone can point to a game that sort of came out of nowhere and is meaningful and didn't come out of a AAA studio that has been around for a, a you know, huge number of years with a huge budget on top. So... Definitely for the better. I think there is obviously still work to be done. We're not there yet, but certainly better than it was 20 years ago. And I'm excited to see where it goes 20 years from now. I just, 
really hope that there isn't a battle pass on every game in 20 years. <laughs> I think uh, the biggest yeah, problem that needs thoughts. to be addressed is like they need to take the addictive gambling sort of features and just habitual predatory practices like logging in every day and stuff. They need to just remove those from the games, do something. I, I mean, we keep pointing to it, but like what Deep Rock Galactic did, where they're like, hey, cool, here's a battle pass, play it. And if you didn't unlock everything, cool, you can unlock it in the game if you want to play it later. Mm. That, that's yeah. it. Like, that's all it needs to be. Like, if you need to add content and then monetize that content to keep your game alive and to keep, you know, adding funds so that you can develop your next project, do so, but don't make it predatory. It's, it's that simple. <laughs> there I don't is know. A, it's crazy. It doesn't directly address the question, but there is a really good video by Atrioc about, uh, you can just find it on YouTube, about uh, the ways that games monetize themselves and how. Uh, there's basically four pillars. I'm not going to rehash the whole video. You can go and watch it. Basically, there are four pillars of monetization. Studios are figuring out pretty quickly that one of those pillars, the um, live service model, is slash battle passy type model, is by far the most profitable if they can hook a few whales in at the same time. Uh, it's an interesting read. Well, watch, I guess. But yeah, it's sort of food for thought because it's like, yeah, obviously you want there to be some sort of kickback to the studio, but do you want that on the back of loot boxing skins mm. hopefully not <laughs> yeah and it's the concept of whales that like what whales are like what one percent of a market but like 90 percent of the sales yeah and it's they're appealing crazy. to such a low number of people but they are making so much money out of it it's like who cares like some sucker with too much money will become addicted to this game for better or worse and just spend all the money to fuck everybody else yeah gotcha games in general <laughs> Uh, very bad at that. Yeah, um, like, I guess my my idea with um like with free to play games are good to a certain point. Like Pokemon Go is the one that I champion as like one of the best free to play games because you can pretty much well I, I played well not not anymore. As soon as we talked about it last week, I stopped playing it because I got lazy. Um, it started raining. <laughs> um, there it is. <laughs> yeah, there we go. There it is. Uh, but it's one of those games that you don't need to put money in you just need to play the game like if you're putting money in all you're doing is completing the game faster um and even then it really wouldn't help you that much because you've got to go out and get the pokemon but at the same time there are probably other gacha games where you're like rolling the for loot boxes to get like a five star or six star character or whatever and you need to get those because they are time gated and if you don't get it within the next 30 days it's not coming again and then within a year, it's going to go into the vault. Yeah, and then a Thanks year later, it com- then a year later, it comes back, and it's like, oh yeah, uh, yeah. returning. <laughs> Limited time. I guess we could talk about this forever, but in in general, to wrap it up, do we do we think it is for the better or for the worse? I would say better for the better, despite yeah. everything. Yeah, like better, like pro- problems, but it's better. Yeah, yeah. no, hundred percent. Like, and I'm of the big opinion that like the the more people that come into the sort of gaming scene, the more ideas we'll get, the more diversity of thought we'll get, and that will lead to the, the better games um, being made. So long as they have fun the correct way. Yeah. And <laughs> Not on the metaverse. Yeah. <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean? You guys have fun playing video games. I thought we were in FD no. achievements. <laughs> it, it's, just a, it's just a dumb hobby to pass the time. Talking back to Gamers Anonymous. Well, yeah. It's something to hyper-focus on so that I don't have to hyper-focus on something else. <laughs> it's saying that, though, if there were no video games, I don't know what I'd do with my free time. Maybe just... No, me either. I would lose my mind. Watch yeah. 20 hours of Netflix. Maybe go outside and socialise. Uh, what do you think, Seth? Better or worse? A horror show. There's a bit of a mixed argument for me in, like, 
not so much the culture, but like the development side of things. But that's a whole other argument, really. Hmm. If you're taking the two together, and let's say let's say the last ten years, do you think it has improved in the last ten years or gotten worse? I think there's been an improvement these last ten years compared to the seventh generation of consoles. <laughs> um, Definitely, and that's because game console publishers like Sony and Microsoft. Remember, like Microsoft was trying to do their whole. It'll always be online, and it's more of a media box than a console. And the PS3 had the cell processor, which was a bitch to work with. Yeah, yeah. and they were doing like, no, this is Bluetooth, you can do it. But they were doing it before Bluetooth was sort of... Sorry, not Bluetooth, Blu-ray was getting wildly popular. Yeah. So it was like, what the fuck, I'm paying... What was it, a grand when the PS3 release? I'm not paying a grand. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot yeah. of money, uh, yeah. It was, I think it was... Um, I remember seeing and it was still the like cheapest Blu-ray player on the market. Yeah, that's right, it was <laughs> too. Right. Yeah, the joke was, all buy a PS... PS3 instead of a Blu-ray player, that's right. Yeah, it was yep. the same thing for why the PS2 took off so well. It was the cheapest uh, DVD player at the time. Mm. Mm. I mean, they tried to strike you, you the got, same you, iron you guys twice. Joke. The, the only way that I ended up getting a PS3 was convincing my family, yeah, no, you totally noticed the quality on the shitty 20-inch TV we have. <laughs> Plug it into a CRT. <laughs> we'll, go, right. we'll go halvesies. <laughs> um, anyway, I think that basically wraps up the audience question for this week. Uh, thank uh, you bonus to question Dan for that. Bonus, <laughs> bonus question. question. Uh, spoiler Josh. cast when? Yeah, Josh. I don't when? know. I've been so not good in my health and various other things in the last few weeks <laughs> that I haven't really done anything. Oh. So hopefully here, here I can get Here's it done. The excuses. It, it, it has <laughs> been four months. <laughs> it has been uh, quite a while, yes. It was outsourced to Seth. <laughs> How many episodes have I been on there for <laughs> next four months? <laughs> One, two? <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're actually at a 50% attendance rate. That's not great. <laughs> but yeah, still a pass mark, big fella. Still a pass mark. <laughs> True. See, C's get podcast degrees. Am I right, fellas? Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. That was clever. Have I never heard the C's get degrees thing before? It's P's get degrees, like passes. What? Like P? What's a pirate's favorite letter? Uh, you'd think so, but it's actually the C. Fuck off. Get out of here. Get out of here. Yeah, get out of here. <laughs> This is my first radio. This is my first pirate joke. <laughs> Arr, get out of here. Give me that booty. It'll be your last pirate joke when I'm done with you. <laughs> Just like Johnny Depp's last movie. <laughs> okay, we'll shut the bed. Time to wrap it up. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, is there something that you or someone you know uh, thinks that I fucked that completely. Is there a question that you or someone you know <laughs> would like us to talk about here? Uh, then feel free to get in touch. We are on Twitter at Fast Travel Lounge minus one of the L's on Facebook at Fast Travel Lounge or email, good old email, at fasttravellounge at gmail.com. If you've liked what you listen to, feel free to give us five stars or the number of stars you feel is appropriate. Leave a comment, leave a review. Help us defeat the algorithms and talk about video games to more people, apparently, just in case it wasn't traumatizing enough for the people that listen to currently. Uh, outro for, like, sorry, teaser for next week. Uh, anything on the cards? You mean other than Last of Us Part 2? <laughs> That's your homework, you're playing it right now. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I already played, like, the entire first game and this, uh, half of the, or nearly half of the second game, so yeah, I've probably finished shit. the second game. I um, have started- Seth, Ace Attorney update? Oh yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> I, I've been wanting to go back to that game for weeks, but I've been so busy with other things that, like, trying to make sure I have a job at the end of the month. This is your job. Uh, 
Steve? Um, I've started playing- I don't get paid uh, for this job. Not yet. Not yet? Not yet. Neither do <laughs> we. Not that other. Neither do we. <laughs> um, I've started playing a Pokemon uh, fan-made game called Pokemon Xenoverse. Um, oh, I think that's yeah. Dragon Ball Xenoverse. We can Xenoverse. talk about that. It is Dragon Ball Xenoverse, um, but I've started to play it. Josh, stay focused. Last of Us 2. <laughs> yeah, you're right. When I finish it, I'll let you know how shit it is. Oh, okay. Also, every- okay, no, no, you go. No, I, I, I don't know what I was going to say. I got confused. Cool. Uh, might have uh, the second part or the last of the first of Last of Us Part 2 chats. <laughs> you, you still with me, guys? I'm still having a stroke. <laughs> It hasn't ended. Please, someone call an ambulance. Anyway, uh, this brings us to the end of episode 23. I have been Patrick. Uh, I have been joined by Seth, Steve, and Josh. And uh, thank you for listening. We'll uh, catch you next time. Goodbye. Happy birthday, Pokey Clicker. Everyone go play it.